Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Yeah, sure it does. Grammarly's picked up 219 suggestions. <laughs> All right, welcome back to another episode of the Wrestling Around podcast, where we are doing the Wrestling Around Summer Special it is the ending of the saga of Terry Peters. It is the final in the trilogy. Um, a momentously momentous occasion. I think we can all agree. Um, oh, I've just seen the uh, the fifth guest. Uh, but we'll get into that in a minute. <laughs> well, I'll come back. Um, joining me is the world famous Terry Peters. Terry Peters, how are we doing? Hello. Very good, thank you. How um, are you? I'm, I'm okay, thank you. Um, how are you feeling? Your saga is coming to an end today. Uh, well, nervous, to be fair. See what nervous? Happens. See what happens. A good nervous or a, a bad nervous? You know, excitement or what? Let, no, is, it's, uh, excited. To be fair, here's a story for you. I woke up scared of an actual dream last week. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, I was going to say, um, let's get into the mind of Terry Peters, but I think listening about his dreams a lot safer. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> so I was very scared because of that, so this doesn't worry me because I'm awake when this is happening. Uh, what was in your dream, like a wasp? Uh, no, my friend murdered the whole city manager and tried to frame me. <laughs> wow. Come on, I need a bit more than that. <laughs> that was it, literally, that was it. And then he was trying to frame me and the rest, of, and then I woke up and actually went, oh, when I realised it was not real. Yeah. All right, okay. Um, did you wake up in a hot sweat? Or what, what time of day were we waking up here? Oh, about six in the morning. Oh, okay. So, uh, normal time. It wasn't like middle of the night. Although I did the other night, if I can work up from three till five, what's that about? Yeah, well, you're an old man, though. Old people get up really early, don't they? And then go back to sleep, yeah. 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 Thankfully, I was working from home, so I didn't get out of bed to quad, so it was great. Yeah, there we go. Um, also joining me is a world-class wrestling journalist and Corvette driving, uh, Aaron. Aaron, how are we doing? Yeah, busy busy boy. Busy boy. Uh, Have you been up to our Come on, let us know what's going on. Um, so it may not be Corvette driving for much longer. Oh, um, development. Yeah. So it's going up for sale. Um because I'm setting up my own business. Oh, there we go. Yeah. yeah so finally oh. you know, going all in on the wrestling journalism. Yeah, Big that's it. That. <laughs> yeah. So money to be made. Um, <laughs> wrestling journalism. There we go. Well, you are the you know, you, you have the real star ratings. Well that's it. You know. Credit where credit credit's due. <laughs> 
about time you got some more respect in the wrestling business. That's what I think. Yeah, Dave Meltzer just needs to get off his IR, still. Dave Meltzer, you know, someone needs to say this, needs to wind his neck in and realise that the Western world's moved on. Then we have a new saviour in the form of Aaron. Yeah. Maybe that's the next saga of Aaron after the saga of Terry Peters. Well, it did kick off, didn't it? It did kick off, didn't it? When Aaron forced Dave Meltzer to retire. (laughs) (laughs) Which which reminds me, actually, you you are Dave Meltzer as well. Yeah, yeah, I've been practicing that one. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And Lou, you're also here. Howdy. I'm here. Um, And Um, you're with a friend. Glorious. Yes. I'm back. How's your thumb, Bob? Oh, well. That sounds fucking weird, doesn't it? I've not been here for a while because one of the rest of the round crew slept with me and turned me over in the middle of the night. Mm. <laughs> Left me injured. Didn't, uh, didn't know uh, Cousin Tom was a member of the wrestling around community. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> no, Ross, I had you, uh, you slept with our brood. Once you pop, you can't stop. Yeah, um, I turned him around um, because I've got no respect for him. So... <laughs> He's back. He's got a pie in the play, hasn't he? So he's, it, he's in my there. defense, um, I went well, I didn't go I didn't go to sleep. I brushed my teeth um, and then came back in and there was like a Bob Rood staring at me. So I can't have this. <laughs> um do, I didn't have the window. No, the blinds closed in your in your house, Lou. I didn't have the blinds mm-hmm. closed because I wanted to be woken up by the sun in the morning. It's quite a nice way to wake up. Yeah, for um, yeah, yeah. And the moonlight was making Bob Rood look creepy as fuck. <laughs> I had to turn him around. Yeah. I didn't just turn him around. I turned him around and threw him on the floor. <laughs> to be fair, he's got a lot of light in him now. It's just um... that, that's weird turning Bob Rude around and throwing yeah. him on the floor. That's what yeah, happened. Well... <laughs> yes, that's what happened. I will he, sue. He looks very shameless, like today. Mm. Yeah, I thought you said shameless, like it's glowing. Yeah, but well, we all know Bob Rude is shameless. I've never seen shameless. Um, you're not missing uh, out. Okay, that's better. No, get out. Shameless is decent. Uh, I can't say I've only watched a couple I can't say not, not the American one don't want to watch the American one I was talking uh, to an American at work the other day who was amazed there was a British version of Shameless oh fuck off are they amazed there's a British version of the uh, Inbetweeners as well no oh, that is not right I've watched every episode yeah, that is that. awful yeah I've never seen it I've seen clips and it looks absolutely dog shit Bust Ted he shouts Bust Ted is that what he oh, shouts no. Bust Ted yeah, yeah. Oh, get out it's on genuinely one of the worst things I've ever seen. Wow. Just, that's a statement. And you've seen me and you've seen me Make it. in my boxes, yeah. Yeah, I've seen you not in your boxes as well. You've seen me. A little. Yeah, you chucked a kettle at me. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> Lou threw the kettle at you. Oh, you burnt me, didn't you? I burnt you bald. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so come on. All right. We're gonna start throwing accusations on yeah. Lou chucked the kettle. <laughs> Oh, and I'm still hammered. Yeah, Terry Peters is still hammered. He has a drinking problem. Mm. I do. Um, right. We're doing the scripts. We've all had it sent to us. Um, if you, does anybody want to sum up what's happened so far? For anybody who haven't listened to the first two, I and mean, it would be much easier um, if you pause this, go back in time, listen to the first two. But yeah. can we have a quick summary? I think I will release an edited version of us, but I can tell you, actually, I can just tell I can just get up my conversation with. Um, Chat GPT because I told it what happened. <laughs> I can't even. I can't even remember. When did and we last record one of these? Easter. 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 It's the Easter, Easter. special. Yeah. <laughs> really, was it? Two yeah. months ago. <laughs> I really struggling. <laughs> two three months ago. Yeah. Um, let me scroll to the top because I did. I did tell uh, Chat GPT exactly what happened. 
I have no recollection of recording that at Easter whatsoever. Um, yeah, oh well, it's, it's taking its time. It's, it's a, it's a long script, isn't it? Yeah. Needs to get yourself down to wait here, Peters. <laughs> yeah, so he's probably he's probably stinking drunk, Peters. After drinking some of the finest H2O. Yeah. Well, that's why you, that's why you're always hammered. You know, come on. This is yeah. this is really Ted Peters' intervention. <laughs> okay. Um here's here's what happened in the last one of us. Right, go on. Um oh so obviously in the first one, uh Terry was was killed. Um then he had to save the world. He got his life back, then he saved the mm. world from Sidgwick. Uh, by getting rid of his mustache. Yeah, that he did. That's the first. I had to be a visit by free cast. Crooked one. Um, this one, the, the the last one is previously Terry Bob and the Spooky Skank on a treasure hunt, searching for treasure left by deceased wrestler Conan. <laughs> they were then killed by Stone Cold Steve Austin, who trapped them in a glass box and kicked them into the sea whilst they were trying to escape North Korea due to the Spooky Skank being deposed. <laughs> they reached heaven and met two dead cooks as Wilder John was at a golf tournament. Two dead cooks mocked them a lot, but eventually convinced them to let them live. Um, when Wider John returned, he was living at Two Dead Cokes for letting him live, but decided he would kill the trio himself. Terry Spooky and Bob had a master crew, including the, the, back, the Backstreet Boys and Silver Black, over the course of the quest. <laughs> the Backstreet Boys and Silver Black were killed by Long Wider John Silver before Spooky's gang revealed he had cut a deal with Wider John and sold out Terry and Spooky. Wider John then revealed he double-crossed Spooky's gang and sent all three to hell. Uh, the commentary team now realized that they need to go and get the treasure to save the trio's life. But Vince decided he's tired and he agrees to wait for a sequel. <laughs> so that's that's what happened last time. What a story. So I told the AI to that and said, just knock yourselves out, but make sure it's in space. <laughs> so that's where we begin with those parameters. New story, please, following on and in space. Right, there we go. Um, right, should we, should we just get, I think, you know, Time we can start is right now. Should we just get into it? Yeah. So remember your characters from last time. You've all got your main characters. Yeah. Um, and then obviously, whilst any new character is is highlighted green or another color, but mainly green for you. I'm every new character. Well, not every new character. I've highlighted ones other people can do them, but for the most part, yes. Um, so am I? So just sorry, am I green? Yes. Right. Any green, it's me. Any green is you. What characters am I? Um, you are Terry. And, and King John. King John. Okay. Yeah. Commentary. Uh, you're blue there, Terry, if there's anything else. Aaron, you're yellow. I'm orange. Blue. If there's a character outside your normal ones. Oh, that's all. I'm, I'm, I'm the narrator, eh? Yeah. Yeah. So, are we going? Are we ready? Yeah, you, look, you have to introduce us properly. Like, introduce the thing, and then let's just go. Yeah. Uh, the scene opens in hell. A fiery red backdrop with Terry, Spooky Skank, and Bob Rude milling about. Suddenly... A bright flash of light, and the characters find themselves on a futuristic spaceship. What just happened? Last thing I remember, we were in hell. Nice man, isn't it? Solid, solid, <laughs> solid star. <laughs> it appears we have been teleported, but where? It seems where? Nope. <laughs> in space. Over the ship speakers, Vince McMahon's voice comes on. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Malarkey Mondays in space. Space? Uh, wait, 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 actually in space? I, I thought that was just a metaphor. Uh, it, oh, shit. It seems Vince, oh, Jesus, esnitricity knows no bounds. <laughs> yeah, sure. That'll do. This is certainly going to add some spicy meat to our show. Vince, is that you? 
Uh, and Joe Biden, what is happening? It seems our fate is once again intertwined with Malarkey Mondays. Lights dim <laughs> back in the end of scene one. Sir. How the fuck do I pronounce that word? Uh, eccentricity. Eccentricity. Yeah. That's a long, that's a big word for, uh, for a no, eccentricity. I don't know. Right. That, that's a big word for a southern Kim Jong un. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. So ChatGBT didn't really get get the brief. We'll, we'll continue. <laughs> it's kind of ignored the main plot point immediately. <laughs> and it didn't really get any better. <laughs> anyway. Hey, here we go. I sometimes try and pull it back and try it, but sometimes I just let it do its own thing. Yeah, you yeah, gotta let it do what it wants to do. I want scene two the spaceship control room. Vince McMahon, Joe Biden, Kim Jong un, Ainsley Harriet are sitting around a futuristic table looking at a holographic screen showing Terry, Spooky Skank, and Bob Rude. Look at them. They don't have a clue. That's a wake for good TV. Uh, no, hold on a minute. Weren't they in hell a minute ago? They were indeed. I think Vince's new teleporter must have plucked him out. Ooh, this is a spicy meat situation we've got ourselves in. Huh, spicy indeed, Ainsley. Now let's get the show on the road. A loud sound is heard. Ooh, what was that? Oh, that's just a teleporter. I invited a special guest. And so Larry Zabisco dressed as a spurs captain. <laughs> Jackson Zabisco, we're for duty. Got to see you, Larry. The space madness begin. Lights dim back at the end of scene two. Saying things are well, I think. Yeah, good stuff. So Enjoyed far. It so far, yeah. Yeah, Hilarious. it's good. Good stuff, isn't it? Yeah, great stuff. We return act one, scene three. We return to Terry, Spooky Skank, and Bob Rude. Still baffled in the spaceship's common area. What are we gonna do? We can't just sit around here being Vince's playthings. Well, if we're here, we might as well use it to our advantage. Skank's got a point. Remember the treasure? Maybe there's a way to find it here, in space. You think so? It's a lead. And right now, that's all we have. Then it's settled. We're going on a cosmic treasure hunt. A distant metallic clang reverberates throughout the spaceship, causing the trio to jump. What was that? Sounds like the start of a grand adventure, Terry. Welcome to Malarkey Mondays. Lights dim. Back at the end of scene three. All the scenes end the same way. (laughs) The lights dim. Well, the lights are dimming. <laughs> I've noticed that. <laughs> well, I suppose they can't just viciously turn off, yeah. can they? So this is where I tried to pull the AI back on track slightly, but it, it went right back off again. So sorry. <laughs> Don't worry about it. That's not what's happening <laughs> in this. <laughs> Act one, scene four. The scene opens on the control room where Vince McMahon, Joe Biden, Kim Jong-un and Ainsley Harriet are watching Terry, Spooky Skank and Bob Rude through the holographic screen. Yeah. Well, it looks like they've decided to hunt for the treasure. In space! Uh, but this is the treasure on Earth. Like, uh, how are we going to find it here? That's the fun part, Joe. They're, they don't know, and we ain't going to tell. Now, this is the kind of spicy meat situation that gets viewers hooked. Enter Larry Zabisco, dressed in a spacesuit, carrying two Diet Kirks. Captain Zabisco, we're refreshments. Larry, looks like we're set for the best Malarkey Mondays episode yet. The lights dim <laughs> back in the end of scene four. My shaft the lights dimmed. D- dimming the lights. Yeah. Is that a um is that some some foreshadowing there? In that scene. <laughs> oh. oh, is it? <laughs> we'll find out. So we to act one. Scene also, yeah, each each act has got about fifteen scenes and it's six acts. So <laughs> I've got to pay through. We'll discuss at the end of the, the act. 
There's been opened in the spaceship common area. Terry Spooky Sky could Bob Brood are trying to decipher a strange map that has appeared on the screen. This doesn't make any sense. These symbols, they're not like any constellation I've seen before. Maybe it's not a constellation. Maybe it's a code. Or maybe it's just nonsense designed to keep us occupied. Over the speakers, Vincent Man's voice comes on and he starts singing Call Me Maybe by Callie Ray Jepsen. I just met you and this is crazy, but here's my number, so call me maybe. Vince, what, what are you doing? Ah, just adding a little fun to the atmosphere, Joe. Now that's a spicy twist. Great. As if this wasn't surreal enough. <laughs> Bites them back in the end of the Yeah, that was an essay I just put in that. <laughs> He's such a dick. <laughs> I was watching Glastonbury at the time when she was she was playing it. It made sense. Calorie yeah. Jeb end. That six. is a banger. The scene opens on a control room. Vince McMahon, Joe Biden, Kim Jong un, Lindsay Harriet are still watching Terry, Spooky Skank, and Bob Rude. It's like watching a reality TV show. And what a spicy meat of reality show it is. Enter Larry Zabisco carrying a tray of a single chocolate chocolate chip ice cream can. <laughs> is that it? Chocolate, chocolate chip. We both reach for the ice cream at the same time. I saw it first. But I'm a guest here. Now that's why I call a spicy situation. <laughs> Gentlemen, please, Larry, bring us more chocolate, chocolate chip ice cream. Right away, sir. Lights <laughs> dim. How can he end the scene six? Really moving the story on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> we'll get... All this callbacks, so that you know what I mean? You know, you've got you to get the fan service on you. This is what the people want. It is. Act one, scene seven. The scene opens in the spaceship common area. Terry is trying to decipher the strange map, standing directly under a hovering piano. <laughs> this doesn't make any sense. The piano starts to shake ominously. Uh, Terry, you might want to move. Not now, skank. I think I want to something. Is it just me? Or does it feel like we're in a comedy play where Terry's about to be crushed by that piano? <laughs> no, it's too early in the play for that to happen. They both laugh. Suddenly, the piano drops. Crush and Terry. I guess it wasn't too early. Mm, apparently not. Through <laughs> the speakers, laughter can be heard from the control room. Uh, <laughs> what a twist. <laughs> Mike's dim. Back in the end of scene seven. Terry's, Terry's dead. <laughs> what a twist. <laughs> what a twist. I'm dead. Oh, he said those pianos are no good. <laughs> The scene opens in the control room. Vince McMahon, Joe Biden, Kim Jong Un, and Lindsay Harry are watching the scene where Terry lies crushed under the piano. Uh, poor, poor Terry. He was a good wrestler. Spicy personality will be missed. <laughs> oh, come on, guys. It's not like it's gone for good. Remember, this is my heart game Mondays. But he's crushed under a piano, Vince. Ah, don't worry. We have ways. Spicy ways, I hope. Oh, you'll see. You'll all see. The lights dim. Mark at the end of C8. Here's this character, and uh, it's just something, something else. Isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> he, likes his, he likes his praises, doesn't he, Ainsley? Yeah. He's going sure, down to a T, aren't he? Really? He sure does. <laughs> it's what he's always like in real life. Act one, scene nine. The scene opens in a bright, ethereal setting. Terry Peters is standing there. Looking around confused, two Diet Cogs enters the scene. Well, 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 if it isn't Terry Q. Well, Peters, I thought we had an agreement. You keep your bald head out of the head. What do you mean? 
You think Christian Nippian a genius? You're dead again. Dead? But it's too early for that. Well, it seems like our pal Vince McMahon is losing his touch. No offence, but this plotline, Tony Khan is pulling some things all basic. Who's Tony Khan? Never mind. Look, you've been here as a problem. Why did John is going with clay pigeon shooting with Boris Flora? When he's back, he'll be pissed. He wanted to kill you himself. Send you back so early, might ruin the whole play. What? Don't worry about it. Look, just go back and stay alive for a while longer, okay? With a wave of his hand, two day Kirk sends Terry back to the land of the living. Oh, I'm back, yes, Don't boys. Waste him. <laughs> back at the end of C9. Oh, nice twist. Nice, nice early death. Yes, boys. Yeah. Act one, scene 10. The scene opens in the spaceship common area. Suddenly, Terry Peters crawls out from under the piano, gasping for air. Terry, you're, you're alive? How did you? White, head, John, coming for us. Why did John, but he's... Yep, he's very real and very dangerous. We need to be prepared. Wait, who's Tony Khan? I I don't know. Some wrestling guy, I think. Well, we've got bigger problems right now. Right. Whitehead John. They all look at each other with a sense of foreboding in the air. The lights dim, marking the end of scene 10. Act 1, scene 11. What a shit getting thrown the wrong on this. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what you mean. I don't know what you mean. <laughs> this scene happens in the control room. Joe Biden is scratching his head, looking utterly confused. Vincent Mann is still laughing, watching the screen where the characters are huddled in fear. I'm, I'm not sure I'm following all this, Vince. Yeah, that's not to get Joe. Well, there's a lot going on. Terry dies, then he doesn't, and then there's someone named Tony Khan. <laughs> all right, all right. Let me break it down for you. Vince begins to summarize. <laughs> so, Terry Peters, our ball wrestling hero, was crushed by a piano, died, went to heaven. But he met two Diet Cokes, who's an angel with an attitude. Two Diet Cokes resurrect Terry because it's too early in the play for him to die. Terry comes back to life, wants his friends, Bob Rude and a smoky skank. And why the John is coming for them. The trio now knows they're in danger. Vince pauses, glancing at the screen. And that's where we are now. Oh, it's only Khan, some wrestling guy that two Diet Cokes mentioned. Nothing to worry about. For now. John nods. Finally understanding the storyline. Got it. I think. Lights dim. Marking the end of scene 11. And act one. Oh, oh. stuff. What, a, what an opening. This well done. is cinema. Gripping. Cinema. <laughs> this is. <laughs> this is great. Well, so how do, think, how do you think the story finishes? I'm going to be ruler of the world. I'm not sure, but I think Terry Peters will die at least three times. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, I've got a lot of deaths in me, but I still end up being king. Is it any Terry Peters murdering Wider John? Is that, is, well, is we'll, that find out. we'll find does, out, are we? Does Wider John shit in Terry Peters' mouth? <laughs> that, no, that's what happens. Aaron's guessed it. Aaron's clearly spelled down. <laughs> that's on the next five, five acts. I just shit in him house. Right. Are you ready for act two? Mm, yes. Act two, scene one. The scene opens in heaven with Wider John and Two Diet Cokes. Wider John looks furious while Two Diet Cokes is trying to act nonchalant. I can't believe this. Terry Peters, Bob Rude, and that skank. They've somehow escaped hell and end up in this space. In space, you say, how fascinating. 
Don't you understand? If something someone else kills them before I do, I'll be devastated. Devastated, yeah. It would be a shame if a random occurrence would have been feared. Yes, like a meteor strike or a black hole or a piano hanging in space. Who died, Curtis? Costum constantly trying to hide his amusement. <laughs> a piano in space? That would be improbable. Regardless, I need to get to space. I need to find them and I need to kill them myself. The lights dim, Mac in the end of scene one. For some reason, I've then left in ChatGPT's uh, summary of what's happened. So ChatGPT was telling me <laughs> what he was doing and why each scene was really good. <laughs> as he was <laughs> trying it. <laughs> so <laughs> that's what's happened here. With that one, so cheers, uh, ChatGPT. So we move on to scene two. Uh, we're back in the common area. The scene opens in the spaceship's common area. Terry, Bob, and Spooky are huddled together, discussing their plan. We need to find the treasure. It's the only way we can defeat White and John. But where can we find it? In space. Wait a second. I've got an idea. Bob pulls out a futuristic-looking device, starts typing it into it. Aha! Dave Meltzer's space boat check. It's only two galaxies away. Good job, Bob. Let's head there that way. There's space boats. They head off towards the spaceship control room. Mac in the end of scene two. <laughs> Are you ready, Russ? <laughs> to bring the character back. <laughs> that we all remember Dave had his own storyline where Aaron Franklin met him with Taya. And Dave moved on to uh, sell boats <laughs> in the Caribbean slash face. Act two, <laughs> scene three. <laughs> the scene opens with Terry Bob and Spooky standing outside Dave Meltzer's space boat shack. The sign of the door twinkles with tiny lights. They knock, and after a moment, the door creaks open. Dave Nelson appears, spotting a big grin. I'm just going to leave it there. I love it. Yeah, Terry, I beat as my ruin as this gang. That ring your fellas to be spears watch, yeah. We need that space, but Dave, we're on a mission to find a treasure and defeat Wide Ed John. Ah, I see. You're going up against the big guy himself. A dangerous game, man. That's <laughs> just joking. <laughs> to take the risk. Well then, if you're determined to face the dangers of deep space, I suggest you straight away did John before he strikes you. Well, keep that in mind. Good. Now about the spaceport. I just got the one for you. A Japanese model built in Tokyo. I give it stick stars. They pranked him. Clara about the new space, but Mac in the end of scene three. <laughs> this next scene is my favorite one. Great, great stuff. <laughs> the, the scene picks up where the previous scene left off with Terry Bob and Spooky about to depart in a new space, but Dave, do you know where we can find why they're John? You want the directions to John, right? <laughs> Yes, to wider John. You want the directions to John, right? Yes, Dave, to wider John. You want the directions to John, right? Yes, Dave, we're looking for wide head John. All right, man, you've been on hanging on a mysterious place called the Lodge, but be careful, it's a strange place. They thank Dave once again. <laughs> Let's get the cost for the Lodge. Back at the end, I've seen four. Oh, great. Back to scene five. The scene transitions back to the commentary team who have been following the events through their monitors. Uh, I don't like this. The lodge, that doesn't sound very spacey. 
<laughs> Spicy. God damn it, pal. Let's not pull that thread. Yes, let's not question the locals. Oh, fuck. Yeah, let's not question the locals' names. That's the least of our worries right now. Spicy situation, isn't it? we got to trust the lads. They've got some spicy meat on their side. Uh, I guess you're right. I just hope they know what they're doing. The good guys, pal. They always know what they're doing. The scene ends with the team continuing to monitor the trio's journey. Act two, scene six. Set the lights out dimming anymore. What's going on? <laughs> yeah, it's just giving up doing that, isn't it? It's just, yeah, uh, that's it. Obviously, it someone's it, finger got tired of dimming and undimming. Yeah, it changes the format <laughs> like halfway through as well, which is frustrating, but you know, <laughs> we'll, we'll go with it. Act two, scene six. The scene transitions back to Terry, Bob, and Spooky in the space boat. The dashboard starts blinking ominously, and the sound of the engine sweaters. Is it supposed to do that? No idea, mate. This is my first time piloting a six-star spaceboat. Did we forget to put gas in it? It runs on gas. I thought it was solar-powered. Well, maybe that's the blinker fluid. Do spaceships have blinker fluid? They all stare at you for a beat, then they all start laughing. <laughs> <laughs> this is why we should have paid more attention during the crash course. Let's stop there. Maybe we can find someone to help us. They adjust their course and head towards the planet, marking the end of scene six. Good stuff mm-hmm. so far. Outstanding work. Act two, scene seven. The scene shifts to a distant mechanics workshop where they find Larry Zabisco under the hood of a vintage spaceship. Terry! Spooky Skang! A Bob Rude! What brings you guys to this side of the universe? We're having some, prob- some trouble with our ship. It's six star Meltzer. Melzer six stars? He's got a deal in Japanese, I tell you. You should have checked the Franklin ratings. This one's a minus ten on those. Minus ten? Well, the ship is named Natalia, so the Franklin rating makes sense. What's that got to do with anything? Spooky Sky hands Larry's a biscuit of the keys. Can you fix it? Sure thing, but I heard you guys are heading towards the lodge. That's no place for a fine young lady like yourself, Spooky. Spooky Sky was taken aback, a little offended. I can handle myself, thank you. Larry Zabisco shrugs, turns back to the ship, and starts working on it. Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> the lodge. Wow. Well, you don't know what we don't know what it's gonna be like, we just know it's uh we're looking for John. <laughs> uh, it's no place for a fine young lady. That's, that's all we know. So up, up the lodge. <laughs> move to act two, scene eight. The scene continues in Larry Zabisco's workshop. Larry finishes fixing the spaceship and hands the keys back to Terry. There you go. She's as good as you. I've tapped off the blinker fluid for you. <laughs> we still don't know if spaceships need blinker fluid, Larry. Then let's hope you never have to find out. Spooky Skank walks around the fixed ship, inspecting Larry's work. Good job, Larry. If you ever decide to quit being a mechanic, you can have a promising career in the women's fashion. <laughs> Thanks, I guess. They climb back into the ship, waving goodbye to Larry. Thanks, Larry. We'll see you on the flip side. Larry waves back as they lift off, disappearing to the stars. One star out of sight, Larry pulls out an old-fashioned rotary phone from under a tap. He dials a number carefully. They're coming! The scene ends, leaving a sense of mystery hanging in the air. Larry Zabisco, stop it us in the back. Oh, He's also had two jobs so far. Oh, snake. <laughs> 
Yeah, I wonder if that plot line goes anywhere. Or if the AI forgets all about it, we'll find out. <laughs> the scene continues. Act two, scene nine. The scene transitions back to the Malaki Monday's commentary booth. Vincent Mann, Joe Biden, Kim Jong-un, Ainsley Harriet are once again in front of the camera. So Terry, Bob, and a smoky skank are heading to the lot, Jay. Yes, it's quite a spicy meatball situation. Uh, I still think they misunderstood something. The the large doesn't sound like he gets cut off by Vince, who is just discovered a baguette on the table. What in the blue blazers is this? Vince, that's a baguette. A bread sausage? About the bread with around the sausage. No, Vince, a baguette is just a long loaf of bread. God damn it, pal. What would they think of next? The scene ends with the college team laughing and Vince examining the baguette in disbelief. <laughs> <laughs> and as the scene brings some lightheartedness back into the narrative after the suspenseful ending of the previous cheers, chat GPT. <laughs> I can picture Vincent Man though getting confused by a baguette. <laughs> Not knowing what a baguette is. Yeah. yeah. Well, God damn it. Uh, now, this is the scene. Are you ready? Mm. Act two, scene 10. The scene transitions to the trio spaceship, land on a remote and starry planet. The sky is a swirling mix of dark clouds punctuated by occasional lightning. In the distance, they can see a looming structure that appears to be the lodge. Is that it? Looks like it. Big more foreboding than I imagined. <laughs> what are you expecting? A cosmic spiratory? More like a cosmic haunted house. They share a laugh before suddenly the ship, the ship lurches as they land. The laughter dies down, replaced by a tense silence. Let's tread carefully. The scene ends as they prepare to disembark, head towards the ominous lodge under the stormy sky. Oh, it's tense. As as ChatGPT is telling us, it sets the scene for their encounter at the lodge. I'm Smooth. excited. I'm excited to see where this is going. Yeah. Uh, you've scrolled ahead and I know where it's going. Back to scene 11. <laughs> I'm sure I know where it's going. It's true, I've seen... Obviously walking towards the lodge, the stormy weather casting eerie shadows around them. The lands are the pipes clanging together can be heard in the background. What is that sound? Sounds like piping. <laughs> uh, this must be it. Why did John must be here? They watch the massive door the lodge. It's a frozen structure looming above them. Okay. I'm going to knock. Wait. Shouldn't we have a plan first? Yes, we should, but I think Terry's right. We need to confront Wider John. The element of surprise may be our best bet. Terry takes a deep breath and knocks on the door <laughs> as the sound echoes around them. They steal themselves for the confrontation that lies ahead. The scene ends with a suspenseful moment before the door is answered. <laughs> wow. Wow. I've just what seen strange, it coming up. <laughs> some strange sounds. What the fuck's there? <laughs> strange sounds be made in the lodge <laughs> uh, let's move on to scene 12 remember there's this four more acts after this this is the second act so we're already <clears throat> at the lodge <laughs> <laughs> the door creaks open and standing there is none other than Lemby Opic, a politician known for his comedic forays into celebrity culture well 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 you look like you've taken a wrong turn at Andromeda you were looking for John right the trio is shocked. They look at each other, mouse agape, then back at Lambert. 
Where's Where's Wider John? Wider John? This is not his horn chaps. This is a lodge for retired British TV celebs. He gestures behind him. To be the party of minor British TV celebrities in the background. Oh, we were told to find Wider John here. <laughs> Sounds like you've been living a wild goose chase, lads. Fancy a couple. But but we were so sure. The scene ends with the trio looking lost. Why is Lemon Duck? Duffy Duck. Check it Harley. He's got a list for me. Has he? I don't know. He's Daffy Duck, you know. He does now. <laughs> yeah. But I did. <laughs> Incredible work. Yeah, good stuff. Who saw that twist coming? Wow. Fucking Lembit home. Are you ready, Ross? <laughs> the, next, <laughs> the next one's just Ross on his own. Are you ready for this next scene? <laughs> Act 2, scene 13. The trio enters the lodge and they're greeted by a diverse group of minor British TV celebrities. Each of them is eccentric in their own way. Come in, lads. Welcome to the front. Heads turn as they enter, and one by one, the celebrities come to greet them. John Sargent, the former BBC political correspondent, is now enthusiastically playing ping pong. Oh, fresh faces. We could do with some new ping pong rivals. Anne Whittacombe is knitting in the corner. Well, I do hope they don't cause too much ruckus, John. Susan Boyle appears. I can offer some singing lessons if anyone's interested. <laughs> you could do with some skank. Spencer Matthews is mixing a cocktail at the car. I say, are you chaps are fans of the old-fashioned? Old-fashioned what? Nick Knowles is doing DIY in a chair. Can I give you a quick lesson in chair mending if you fancy? Fuck off, Nick Knowles. <laughs> <laughs> Les Dennis appears. I've got a great job for you all. Let's drink tea. Because it might lead to a TKO. Everyone groans, but there are some polite chuckles. Carol Vorderman is playing Sudoku. Have a friendly logic. I warn you, I'm good. I can't count past ten without taking off my shoes. Anthony Wall Thompson is preparing a dish. How about the cook off there? Best meat dish wins. Now, me I can make a mean meatloaf. As they mingle with the celebrities, there's laughter and light-hearted banter. Despite the initial disappointment, the trio seems to enjoy the diversion. <laughs> well done, Russ. That was outstanding work. Well done. Do you know what a great thing on our list of celebrities is? Chat GPT named them all. <laughs> I'd literally just said. Minor TV celebrities, and that's that's what he came up with. I love that it hates Nick Knowles. Oh, I, I put that bit in because I thought it was funny. Yeah, okay. <laughs> but yeah, great stuff. Um, right, Ross, you better get prepared for this next. Well, a bit older actually. <laughs> for this next bit. I don't know where these people are. How do you know who Susan Boyle is? <laughs> yeah, but I've looked at the next one. One of them, I've quite got a bloody clue. She is. <laughs> well. You can't argue with artificial intelligence trust. Act two, scene 14. The party is in full swing. Laughter fills the room as Terry, Bob, the spooky skank, joins Susan Boyle on stage for karaoke. The opening bars with familiar songs start to play, and a collective cheer goes up. All right, lads, let's give this a roll. Terry, Bob, and spooky start to sing. I want it that way by the Backstreet Boys. Their voices resonate in the room. You are... Um, me. Oh, fire. Fire. The, the one, one 
Isaiah. Believe, believe me when, when I say, say I want this in way. Tell me why. The crowd goes wild, clapping and cheering. Skank's face, however, takes on a nostalgic and sorrowful expression. But we are two worlds apart. <laughs> Can't reach to your heart when you say that I want it that way. His voice falters, a tear rolling down his cheek. The room goes silent. Tell me why ain't nothing but a heartache. Tell me why ain't nothing but a mistake. He trails off, the microphone dropping from his hands. The room is silent. Everyone watching his skank leaves the stage. That was quite beautiful, dear. <laughs> the room breaks into applause again. The party resuming, but there's a bit of sweet on the turn now. <laughs> And you, the scan got so much emotion. <laughs> uh, I, I feel bad not giving myself a singing solo now because that was completely accidental, that one. But you know, maybe next time, maybe scene four. Uh, act two, scene 15. The minor celebrities in the trio have gathered in a hushed circle, listening as Skank tells his story. I, I used to know them, the Backstreet Boys. They were part of our crew once upon a time. We lost them in a battle against Wider John. The room fell silent. The gravity of Skank's words sang upon them. Jimmy Carr and Lucy Alexander. Once <laughs> all spooky Skank. That, that's terrible, mate. You need to avenge them. <laughs> <laughs> the celebrities murmur in agreement. Their jovial expression's gone. I don't know what I did for him. Here, take some cheese and wine for your journey. <laughs> Anthony, where'd this come from? You didn't pay for it, did you? <laughs> Anthony rolls his eyes. It doesn't answer. The laughter fills the room. The tension broken. Harry Katerno stands to raise a toast. <laughs> the Bastard boys into the lads avenging him. Now go kill the bastards. I'm getting Katerno. <laughs> <laughs> The trio look each other, and then the crowd, <laughs> there is Holmes Trenton. <laughs> wow. Who's Lucy Alexander? She Holmes under the hammer. The hammer. <laughs> <laughs> okay, now we missed the trick of having Dion Dublin show the stairs to the bedrooms, didn't we? Yeah. <laughs> Get the dupe out. Next time. Uh, oh, does she not do under, Holmes under the hammer anymore? Oh. No, she left. I remember Adam Holmes being really annoyed about it. <laughs> Obviously, <laughs> of course, he's watching them. Under the <laughs> I used to get home from work and watch that day's episode. <laughs> every, just every cardly going has. <laughs> Are you a cider man these days, Lou? Uh, I bought loads of it, and I've, it's been there for a while, so I'm, I'm drinking it. So it's just like alcoholic's job, you said it. It's nice, isn't it? It's a nice, yeah. It's just gets a bit bit heavy after a while because mm. it's real sweet. Yeah, I'm my fifth can now, so I'm feeling it. Your teeth will be falling out yeah. in no time. <sighs> Act two, scene 16. The commentary booth is buzzing with excitement. On scene, we are Lambelbeck, Jimmy Carr, Lucy Alexander, Anthony Warrell Thompson, Gary Katona, and even Noel Fielding. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you, it's like we've run a hell of a reality TV show. Uh, I still can't get over that, that guy answered his generosity. Who offers cheese and wine in a spaceship, huh? Uh, what was the question that Terry asked about pain? Now, now, Joe. Let's not get into that spicy meat. 
Buys the meat, you say, Ainsley. Don't you mean cheesy business? <laughs> Everyone in the booth no. bursts into laughter. All I can say is our trio is ready to kick some spicy meat, all right? They continue laughing, oblivious to the upcoming trials our heroes face. The scene fades out to their laughter. Oh, what a beautiful scene. Lovely. Laughing <laughs> enough. Why, why the fuck did Noel Fielding come? Yeah, why was Noel Fielding there? I feel as though it was like his character in the office uh, uh, in yeah, IT crowd. Yeah. yeah, I like to think though, if this was ever done as a video, he would just be angry, just angry about in the background. Well, maybe he's in Act Two, Scene Seventeen. Why did John is peering at a holographic screen that displays the trio's activities? I can't believe this. First they escaped my clutches, and now they are partying with the likes of Olympic Pick. Jimmy Carr, Lucy Alexander, Anthony Wild Thompson, Kerry Takatona, and even Noel Fielding. Well, it's not like the party with Tony Khan, is it? No, that would be a disaster. I did not ask for your opinion, Cokes. Oh, lighten up, John. Here. Let me rap a little bit to lift the mood. <laughs> no, no, and no. There will be no rapping in this establishment. They are having the time of their lives, and we need to plan their demise, not hold a concert. Sudhai Kirk shrugs and moves away. The holographic screen flickers with the images of the trio as they continue their journey, oblivious to the anger they have stared up. <laughs> I was really hoping that Sudhai Kirk's would rap there. That was a... <laughs> That's where I thought it was going. This yeah, point. I did. <laughs> just, a, just a little ballad quote from like 10 years ago. Act 2, scene A lot, of, scene, <laughs> no, lot, lot of scenes in this act. But there it is. It's a big act. It's a big act, though, isn't it? It's establishing yeah, everything. True, yeah. Um, this is the last one Peter's there, so. Yeah. Act 2, scene 18. The commentary team, Vince, Kim, Joe and Ainsley, are discussing the recent events. I'll have a good party. Lamb it up. Oh, there's a guy who knows to have fun. And that Anthony Warhol Thompson, can he cook or what? Maybe I should try cooking. Hey, you sure about that, Kim? I mean, the last time you tried to make a sandwich, you ended up setting the toaster on fire. That's me, in it? Sorry. <laughs> That was a one-time thing, Joe, and it's not like you can even boil water. Oh, come on, guys. At least Kim's not trying to feed us those bread sausages. I still can't believe those are a thing. I know, right? And Kim thinks he can cook. Enough about that, guys. Have you noticed they're calling two Diet Cokes just Cokes now? That's interesting. I wonder if it's a space thing or maybe a nickname. You know, like how Vince is the loss. Or like how Joe is Mr. Can't Boil Water. Really, Vince? Really? Got you there, Joe. Okay, okay, enough of the kitchen battles. We've got a trio to watch, a villain to track, and a space journey to narrate. Well said, Ainsley, well said. Oh, let's get back to it then, shall we? They all nod and turn their attention back to the holographic screen, ready for the adventures that await in Act 3. Act 2 was a rollercoaster there, wasn't it? Felt like the lack of uh, Ainsley's spicy jokes. Oh, yeah, just At least he's got words this time. It's just, it's just spicy meat. <laughs> 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 he's got a bit of depth to his character now. <laughs> um, wow, what a, what an act. Yeah. Oh, we get the X single signal. Peter's poops. Peter's poops. All right, well, we'll just uh, we'll pause, we'll pause there. I'll be as quick as I can. Act three, scene one. The scene opens with the trio, Terry, Bob, and Spooky Skank aboard the space boat as they traverse the expanse of space. Okay, so we've got a lot of planets to cover. Where do you reckon we should start? 
Hmm, let's think. Why did John is pretty pretentious? He'd probably be somewhere grand, like a royal planet or something. Right, because there's a planet out there with a sound that says royal planet. Come on, Bob. Well, it was just a thought, skank. I think it's worth a shot. We could look for planets known for their luxury or elegance. Those might be the places where wider John would frequent. I guess it's as good a place to start as any. The ship's console beeps, catching their attention. Hey, we've got a message from Dave Meltzer. Dave, what does he want? Says here he's got some new spaceships for sale. Special deal for us since we're in the biz. He really knows how to turn a profit, doesn't he? Suppose he does. Maybe we'll drop by later. But for now, let's focus on finding wide edge John. The trio once again set their sights on their mission, preparing for the unpredictable journey ahead. So that was that was me trying to bring Dave Meltzer back in and <laughs> Chad GPT just <laughs> ignoring it completely. <laughs> well, just, uh, not just, it, it, it didn't want to go down that route. Just twice now, it's still, it's took the wrap out. We've just seen the next scene. <laughs> oh yeah, good luck us with this one. Yeah, for good sake. The scene begins with Terry Bob and Spooky Skank stepping onto the surface of the Ham Planet, <laughs> slipping and sliding. <laughs> As they try to find their phone on the greasy surface. Who knew there were a bit planets made entirely of ham? Hmm, kind of a shame, really. All this ham going to waste. I wouldn't be so sore. I saw a chunk of ham with a bite mark over there. <laughs> they suddenly hear a grunt behind a ham hill. They look over to see a figure wrestling with a large chunk of ham. The figure turns around, revealing a ham made. Thatcher man, Randy Savage, the Hampshire man. <laughs> oh, yeah, dig it. This is the cream of the crap, brother. Macho man, is that really you? In the ham flesh, brother, call me the Hampshire man, Randy Savage. <laughs> wow, space is weirder than I thought. You don't know if why did John's been here, Hampshire man. Haven't seen him, brother. Uh-huh. Let's just been here resting these ham boulders. All right. Thank you, ham man. They bid their farewells to the ham man and pull their ship, leaving the ham plan behind as they, journey, as they continue their journey in search of Bider John. <laughs> what, a, what a meaningful scene. Uh, what a ridiculous scene. <laughs> <laughs> so all, literally all I said on that one, I should leave my prompts in, really, so you can see what I said. Literally, but they land on a planet made of ham. <laughs> Hampshire man is entirely. <laughs> that was that was very um, wrestling around Western Federation weekly Wednesday wrestling. It was, it was good though. We should make that. Well, after my colleagues, well, we have to get back into that. Uh, act three, scene three. The scene switches back to the Contra team. <laughs> Their face is filled with amusement and disbelief. Oh man, what an actual eleven fuck! I mean, come on, Vince. You have to admit that was pretty funny. Oh my years, I've seen some bizarre things, but a macho man made out of ham. I reckon it required the delicacy on some planets. Fancy a bite, Vince. God, no, ham is the last thing I want right now. <laughs> Never thought I'd see the day where Vince McMahon is scared of a bit of ham. <laughs> all right, all right. Enough about the ham. Let's get back to Trek and the trio. They still haven't found why that job. Seen <laughs> ends of the conjure team back on Jack. The laughter echoing through the cartridge booth. 
But yeah, that's no wonder you're, you're really putting your heart uh, into these Vince. <laughs> it's, it's yeah. <laughs> uh, I'd love to see you at work on a Monday morning explaining <laughs> why once a quarter your voice disappears. <laughs> I had a cold last time and I completely lost my voice the next right. day. So. <laughs> I've just yes. seen what comes up in the next act. <laughs> or scene, sorry. Lovely stuff. Act three, scene four. The trio, Terry, Bob and Spooky, land their ship on an unusual planet. The planet is covered with a surface that seems to be made entirely out of custard. The trio step out and are quite surprised. Is it? Is this planet made out of mustard custard? It is. It's custard. Oh, weird. <laughs> Only in space, huh? Just then, Stone Cold Steve Austin appears from behind a custard mound. He's got a comically oversized wooden spoon in his hand. <laughs> Therapies! It's time for your just deserts! Terry looks terrified. Stone Cold charges towards him, spoon held high. Stone Cold, you lunatic, leave me alone. Stone Cold keeps chasing Terry on a custard landscape. Terry manages to dodge each of Stone Cold's fights with the spoon. <laughs> get in the ship, Terry! We've got to get out of here! Stone Cold continues his pursuit as Terry, Bob, and Spooky clamber back into their ship. They take off, leaving Stone Cold stand alone on the custard planet. <laughs> Looking up at the escaping ship and shaking his fist. You can run, Terry Penis, but you can't hide! Stone Cold shouts fades as the scene ends. The trio escaping his grasp. <laughs> yeah, again. <laughs> Incredible work. <laughs> what the fuck's going on with the next one? <laughs> Tag free. Season five. The Corridor team, Vince Show, is again a big show. are in their booth. Observing the recent events. Damn, it's so cold. Just try to kill Terry with a wooden spoon. Looks like it. That was a close call, Terry. But why is Stone Cold so determined to kill Terry? This is getting out of hand. Maybe he thinks Terry makes a good ingredient for some cosmic stew. They all chuckle, except for Joe, who looks worried. This isn't just about Terry, you guys. What if Stone Cold goes after all of us next? He wouldn't dare. Besides, we're safely here in the booth. Now let's focus on the action. The scene ends with the culture scene, except Joe, <laughs> laughing heartily. Why the fuck was the picture in there? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Chat GVT just decided he was tired for the big show to show commentary. Is he still? <laughs> That's what we'll find out, will we? Act three, scene six. Terry, Bob, and Spooky are flying through space again, a little west of where they encounter with Stone Cold Steve Austin. They're currently in the cockpit of their spaceship. <laughs> I never thought I'd say this, but being chased by Stone Cold with a wooden spoon was one of the most terrifying moments in my life. I'll second that. We really need to find Whitey John and get this over with. You're right, we're losing time. Let's put our heads together and figure out where they could be hiding. The trio brainstormed for a while, discussing various space locations and trying to predict why the chance moves. They finally decide on the probable location. That's it! The Lost Nebula! It's a dangerous place, but it's the perfect hideout for someone like Whitehead John. All right, set a scene for the Lost Nebula. We're going after Whitehead John. The scene ends with their spaceship zooming off towards the Lost Nebula. It was going towards luxurious planets, and they went to one minute ham and one minute clusters. <laughs> yeah. 
That's more luxurious. <laughs> to be fair, you could, you could have luxurious ham and luxurious custard. Exactly. Yeah. And Stan Collins have a big wooden spoon us. What more do you want? Akpreen, <laughs> scene seven. The commentary team are all sitting in their usual spots. Finn starts to give a summary of the story so far. All right, all boys will be all over the galaxy. From the ham planet to nearly getting whipped by Steve Austin's wooden spoon. And now they're all route to the lost nebula. They're really survivors. They're really serving cunt. Wait, what did you just say? I said they're serving cunt. <laughs> you know, going above and beyond, giving it their all. Ben Smith, I think he means serving court. That means just the, that it means that means that they're giving it their all. Does it? Well, whatever. They give it their hundred percent of that's what matters. I can't believe you just said that, Vince. <laughs> right. I'm just trying to keep up with all the lingo these days. Oh, that was the scene ends. Leaving the audience in anticipation of the next adventure. Oh, great stuff, what a scene. <laughs> <laughs> Lovely stuff. All killer, no filler in the air. And Sarah Gant. Sorry for us. Act 3, scene 8. Our trio, Terry, Bob, and Spooky, are in a spaceship zooming towards their next destination. Guys, are you seeing what I'm seeing? Is that. Are those the rings of asteroids circling the planet? And is that planet. Is it made entirely of glitter? Oh, God. They all look at the fear and hilarity of the situation palpable. Well, let's hope wider John isn't afraid of a little sparkle. <laughs> they buckle up as they decide they turn onto the glitter planet. <laughs> the shine reflects in their eyes and their future's uncertain. And may God have mercy on all souls. The scene ends as their spaceship disappears into the sparkling atmosphere of the glitter planet. <laughs> I hope this doesn't go where I'm thinking it's going. Well, <laughs> I've already gone ahead. Act um... three. <laughs> scene nine. Vince, Aisley, Kim, and Joe at a commentary desk watching the spaceship zoom in towards the glitter planet. Well, they can't possibly be going in there, can they? The lot was already a risky move. I don't believe it. It's too ludicrous, even for wrestling around. Well, they do have a penchant for absurd. It certainly is absurd, but can you imagine a, a whole planet made of glitter? Uh, what a say. Glitter, notorious for getting everywhere. I can't think of a worse hell. <laughs> Isn't that the truth, pal? Glitter is the herpes of the craft world. They may never escape. The commentary share a laugh. The absurdity of the situation, making them momentarily forget the danger the trio are in. <laughs> well, wow, what, what a description of glitter that is. Incredible. <laughs> that was, was well swear, wasn't it? That was amazing. Yeah, the, the AI came up with glitter planet all itself, so I thought I'd better... You know, just check what's going mention, on. Mention that elephant in the room, but um, Happy's line completely AI. <laughs> I'm assuming it's based off Vince's last line in the scene before. Let's <laughs> put two and two together, but yeah, it's a good point. Guess mm. everyone, <laughs> wow. scene 10. The trio line on the glitter planet, the surrounded sparkle in every direction. Everything is made of glare. The ground, the trees, even the air seems to shimmer. God, it's blinding. This whole place is like a giant disco ball. It's certainly different. I feel like I'm inside one of those snow globes. 
Just imagine how hard it'll be to get all this glitter off us. It's going to be in every nook and cranny. Maybe we should have packed some duct tape. <laughs> or a vacuum cleaner. As they continue to jerk and explore the glittery environment, they notice something moving in the distance. Do you see that? Looks like we aren't alone on this glittery nightmare. They all stop and look in the direction Terry is pointing. The silhouette of a figure is visible in the distance. I guess we'd better check it out. <laughs> they move towards the figure, unaware of the surprise that awaits them. Pivotal scene coming up, maybe. <laughs> or maybe not. Right, is, is this new character me? Uh, no, it's still I, us. You're enjoying Karen, aren't you? My colours are different, I think. Because I don't know why it's called who different, but it was. Should be green. Um, yeah, it's green on mine. Yeah, I'm mine. So I'm green. No, Ross is green. You're like the orange. Okay. Just yeah, you're um, yellow, I think. Yeah, yeah. yellowy orange. Yeah, yeah, you've got one coming up in a minute. Uh, oh, use very different yeah. colours, so we'll, um, yeah, 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 we'll yeah, just yeah. discuss that. I can mess the colours up. Act 3, scene 11. The trio cautiously approach the figure. As they get closer, they start to recognise him. It's Craig Revel Howard. Craig Revel Howard. Sorry. Am I green? No. He's not there. Come on, man. Oh, sorry. I read in the wrong line. Craig Revel Howard, what the hell are you doing on a glitter planet? Well, I did always have a pension for sparkle, darlings. <laughs> Nothing on this place. But how did you even get here? Last time I checked, you were judging dance competitions, not space traveling. Darling, one can never predict where life's cha-cha-chars will take you. Now, if you're here to see why, to John, I'm afraid you're in the wrong place. He was here, but he's since sashayed away. So we came all here for nothing? Oh, no, not necessarily, my dear. He did mention something about heading towards the nebula of Disco. Perhaps you might find him there, darling. All right, thanks, Greg, and uh, good luck with whatever this is. They tend to leave, as they do. Craig starts to dance, sending glitter flying into the air. Remember, darlings, keep dancing. Chris, what a scene. AI is really, is really saving it today. <laughs> right, so who was the ghost last time? Rashi with Ghost of Present. Yes. I can't remember who the other ghost were. I think you was one, Lou. So I've met myself yet to come. Yeah, and I think that's Aaron right. Aaron is Christmas past. Was that right? Yeah, 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 right. yeah, yeah I think so. Excellent. Right. Well, that's a spoiler for this scene. Agri, <laughs> scene 12. Wider John sits brooding in his dark castle in a nebula of disco. The three ghosts materialize before him. Wider John, you're in grave danger. The trio are coming. Let them come. I'll be ready. Good John, you're coming to kill you. Kill me? Ha! They have a plan. They seem resolute. And why should I believe you? Your ghosts, apparitions, nothing but remnants of past lives. We are messengers, John. We may be ghosts, but we bury the truth. Believe us or not, it's your call, but we warned you. Two dark characters. A look of confusion on his face. Wait, you can see them too, John? I thought it was just seeing things because of all the fizzy drinks. We are ghosts, two dark cokes. Ghost from a Christmas carol. Oh, I see. They're your colleagues, right? Yes, and they seem to have developed a fondness for the trio. 
you know? Yep. Uh, we're just doing our jobs, John. <laughs> just like you are. <laughs> Why did John start to probably his patience upon Finn? Well, your job ends here. With a wave of his hands, the ghost disintegrate. The feel screams echo in the chamber. Two dead cooks looks on in shock. What did you kill? I did. What the How did you? I am wider, John. Two die cokes, the most powerful being in the universe. Ghosts, gods, humans, matters not. I'm inevitable. Oh. Wow. Getting <laughs> getting serious, uh, Marvel. <laughs> no, no, <laughs> surely not. <laughs> surely not. <laughs> it's definitely not where this is going. <laughs> don't, don't be seeing why John is just a, a boot like Thanos. <laughs> That's definitely not not this player. <laughs> um, yeah, the three, the three ghosts came back just to be killed off immediately. Well, so, well, technically, ghosts are already dead anyway. Yeah, but why the jump? Why John's being You can kill him again. That's just... true, true, true. He started true. off as like God, and so he's been like become like some sort of space lord. But that's not that's not question that. <laughs> as we move on to Act Three, Scene Thirteen, the commentary booth goes silent for a moment. The team looks at each other, wide-eyed, struggling to articulate what they've just witnessed. Did you... Did did he just kill the three ghosts? Seems like it, Kim. I've seen a lot of my time, but this, this is something else. Kill a ghost? That's something I don't see every day. Even now, I don't work. It's, it's inhumane. Well, maybe it's, it's something more than human. What do you imply, Joe? I mean, why did John just kill three ghosts? Doesn't that make him more powerful than we thought? I'm more powerful than that. He's still a ruthless, cold-blooded killer. He needs to be stopped. Well, the question is, can our trio do it? I sure so, for all our sakes. Really stepping up down the second half in it. Oh. Getting chills. Have you also got chills? Oh, yeah. right, so I feel some momentous coming. Agri, scene 14. The trio are now standing on a deserted, cold looking planet, looking off into the distance where pulsating light can be seen. All right, lads. I think we've reached our destination. The pulsating light over there, it's got to be the place where Wider John is hiding. Looks like a tough climb, though. Terrain is treacherous. Don't be such a baby, Bob. We've been through worse. Remember the planet made in Tamalu of Ham? I'd rather not. They all shot. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> all right, enough jokes. We need to get moving. Why then Jod isn't going to defeat himself? They begin to trek towards the light, tripping and stumbling along the way until they eventually reach what appears to be a massive foreboding fortress. Well, this is it. Are we ready for this? Well, we have to be. It's now or never. They take a deep breath, steeling themselves for the encounter ahead. Step into the fortress. Oh, my God. But yeah. But then, somehow, they just... <laughs> Next scene, kind of, don't follow on. Act 3, scene 15. Back in the ship. <laughs> the trio look on in horror. <laughs> As a holographic screen displays Whitehead John in his own spacecraft, fast approaching theirs. You thought you'd just fly up into the sunset, huh? How the hell did he find us? I don't know, Terry, but we need to prepare for an attack. 
They scramble around a ship, trying to start their defense systems, but it's too late. Wider John's spacecraft shoots a massive blast, hitting the trio's ship and causing it to shake violently. Brace for impact. They cling to whatever they can as the ship starts spiraling out of control. Wider John laughs manically on the screen. <laughs> Enjoy your trip, boys. With a final ear-splitting blast, the trio's ship spirals out of control towards an unknown planet. We need to evacuate. They rush towards the escape pods, Terry and Bob making it in, but a spooky tries to get in. A piece of Terry hits hair, <laughs> causing <laughs> hair to collapse. Spooky. They rush towards her, Terry cradling her in his arms. Stay with us, Spooky. Spooky grimaces in pain, blood seeping through her gloves. Oh, don't worry about me, guys. Just go. We're not leaving you. We stick together, remember? Spooky tries to smile, but winces in pain. The scene ends with the trio in a dire situation. The ship about to crash, and one of their own severely injured. We need to move on to the next scene immediately. Just, just, just like me, I feel like Terry Peters won't ask Spooky's gang's dead then. <laughs> <laughs> There's no emotion in Terry's voice there. <laughs> Terry the robot Peters there. He's, he's my uh, creation, and he's Spooky skank. Spooky. <laughs> Spooky. <laughs> he's dying. Spooky. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta keep people on the toes, aren't you? Oh god. Well, get your emotions at Terry for this next scene. Act three, what? scene sixteen. The scene continues on the crashing ship. Terry is cradling a severely wounded Spooky. Bobby's desperately trying to stabilize the ship. Hold on, Spooky, we're gonna get help. No, it's too late for me, Terry. Terry chokes Terry. the sob. <laughs> Clutching Spooky tighter. No, it's not. We're not we won't leave you behind. You have to. You you have to stop wider, John. With great effort, Spooky reaches up to scratch Terry's cheek. Her hand is shaking. Promise me, Terry. Promise me you'll stop him. Tears are streaming down Terry's face now. He nods. I promise, Spooky. Spooky lets out a sigh of relief, then a hand drops from Terry's cheek. Thank you. With that, Spooky's eyes close. Her chest rises and falls one last time, then Spook- falls still. She's gone. Spooky! No! Better. Terry is sobbing now. Bob, who's been trying to fix the ship, comes over and lays a hand on Terry's shoulder. He doesn't say anything, but his sound speaks volumes. They're in the middle of a tragedy, and they've just lost a friend. Oh, my God. Whoa. Wow. Oh, my God. I realised what was happening to Peter's. Yeah, sorry. (laughs) What a a chilling turn. (laughs) Not the best. Let's move on quickly. Maybe need to go back to acting school for that one. Act 3, scene 17. The camera cuts back to the commentary team, Vince, Kim, Joe and Ainsley. There's a stunned silence as they absorb what they've just seen. I can't believe we just lost Spooky. She was an essential part of the team. She was more than that. She was the glue that held them together. It was a comedy show and a Greek tragedy. This is what makes the story real, Vince. We can't always expect a happy ending. But what is that the end, Ainsley? Why did you others still out there and there were trio down to two? They're still in a fight. For Spooky. That's right, Joe. I think we've just seen the turning point of this journey. Turning point. We better get a hell of a help for this. Remember, we still got Terry and Bob. They better step up. I have a feeling they will, Vince. They will. 
The camera slowly fades out, leaving the commentary team in a somber silence. Oh, my God. Wow. Three acts to go. Oh, well, don't worry, because Act 6 is just the epilogue. It don't last long. <laughs> so, for the time. <laughs> oh, yeah, we're through. <laughs> right. We're more than halfway through now. <laughs> but that was that an was emotional scene. Right? That was the, chills, chills, right? You know, Chilling. This is this is cinema. Definitely not like the Marvel films. That's for sure. Definitely not following the same. This is line. original. I've not seen the Marvel films, but this sounds original. Okay, that's good. Yeah, he definitely. <laughs> it's very <laughs> Avengers Endgame. Anyway, back <laughs> for scene one. The scene opens with Terry and Bob mourning the loss of Spooky Skank in the spaceship. The spaceship's lights are dim, giving a somber atmosphere. She didn't deserve this, Bob. She didn't deserve this at all. I know, Terry. I know. But she gave her life so that we could continue. We owe her to finish what we started. The scene cuts to a display in the spaceship, showing a path to wider John's location. But how can we do this, Bob? It's just the two of us now. Wider John's got powers we can't even begin to understand. That may be true, Terry, but remember what Spooky said before. She, well, before, she said we have to harden the strength to defeat Whitehead John. We just need to believe. Terry wipes away a tear and nods. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're right. For Spooky, for us. They both stand up, determination on their faces. Now let's chart a course. Let's do this. They set the coordinates for Whitehead John's location, which they suddenly know. The spaceship's lights brighten, <laughs> illuminating their resolved faces. I love how we found his coordinates without really doing much work. Yeah. Yeah, you've already entered this palace or whatever. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But he got knocked off course, remember, even though they were back in the ship. It all makes sense. Mm. <laughs> I think. Act 4, scene 2. The spaceship lands on a remote outpost for supplies. Terry and Bob exit the ship to scout the area. They know it's a power and decide to go in for a drink. It's been a while since I had a good space ale. Let's hope this place has some decent ones. They enter the bar and take a seat. Suddenly the door's burst open and Stone Cold Steve Austin enters wearing a flashy cowboy hat and carrying a laser lasso. Well, well, well. If it isn't Terry and Bob, you're ready for another ass whooping. Terry and Bob gasp and stand up. Not this time, Austin. We've got a mission to finish. They try to escape, but Austin uses laser lasso to catch Terry's foot. Terry falls, but manages to disconnect the lasso using the spoon he grabbed from the bar. Come on, Terry, we need to get out of here. They scramble out the bar, with Austin chasing them. They make, make it to the spaceship and take off, leaving Austin shaking his fist at them from the planet's surface. I'll get you next time, Terry! Inside the spaceship, Terry and Bob sigh with relief. That was too close, Bob. We need to be more careful. You're right. Next stop, why did you? Well, well, Austin's, well, well. Austin's like a little side at this point. <laughs> He's almost like a joke, isn't he? <laughs> yeah. He's popping out to kill people. Act <laughs> four. Wow. Great stuff. Scene three. The scene switches back to the commentator's box. The commentary team are in stitches laughing at the latest antics. <laughs> <laughs> did you say that? Austin when I lay the lasso. Oh god, this is too much. <laughs> I never find it seen the day. Stone Cold Steve Austin, Cosmic Cowboy. Poor Terry and Bob can't catch a break. Yeah, but you gotta hand it to them. They're doing pretty good under pressure. True. But I think the big showdown is still to come. 
Reading towards Wada, John, after all. Yes, indeed. And that's going to be the real test. They all go silent for a moment, <laughs> contemplating a final showdown. In the meantime, let's hope they don't run into any more cosmic cowboys here. They all burst out laughing again. And the scene ends on a lighter note. I love how they're just in a great mood now, even though they're all devastated <laughs> and terrified. For... Uh, you got to keep your spirits funny. Yeah, you got to do what you got to do. You're in the you? darkest places. Back four, scene four. Back in deep space, the hero's spaceship breaks down. Terry and Bob decide to make a detour to Dave Elsa's space board shack. Ah, uh, well, I'm back, man. What brings you here? Our ship's broken down. We needed the one pronto. Hang on, just the thing. Many was creation. That's the best special of him, Jack Samville. She had beauty. He points at a gleaming spaceship. Terry and Bob, however, are more interested in another ship. Tucked in the corner of the shop. What about that one over there? Looks sturdy. Yeah, that old thing, that's 24.05 stars. A bit in Connecticut. You see, it just doesn't quite meet the standard. But it was perfect for our needs. Them's the rules, man. You can't argue with our ratings. How about you take the same star special as you want that you're done? Terry and Bob reluctantly agree. Perhaps in the Jacksonville Hills spaceship. <laughs> I prepare to continue their journey. <laughs> Classic stuff. Incredible. Back <laughs> <laughs> And if Dave Bell's actually listen to this. <laughs> He'd love it. Sure he would. Alvarez would. <laughs> <laughs> Terry and Bob. Brian Alvarez. He should come in next, actually, shouldn't he? I should have met him as an assistant. Anyway, many things to do for the uh, expanded universe, which is definitely not ripple from Marvel. <laughs> <laughs> Terry and Bob are now inside their newly purchased spaceship, the seven star special from Jacksonville. Terry is visibly bothered. Dave, I got to ask, how do these ratings work? I mean, it's your system, isn't it? Well, Matt, to be completely honest with you, I don't know myself. You, you don't know, but you invented it. Exactly, man. I invented it. It's like it's like a feeling. You're like a spaceship. You feel that we're seven stars. Boom. Seven star spaceship. That makes absolutely no sense. Maybe. Maybe not. But them don't rules, man. With that, Terry and Bob, still a bit bewildered by Dave's rating system, prepare to venture deeper into space in their new seven star spaceship. <laughs> that's just right here to everyone else's words <laughs> it's not even anymore no I was going to say we move on I can't scene six the commentary team is in the broadcasting booth with Terry and Bob's latest interaction with Dave Meltzer playing out on screens in front of them <laughs> I got a savings this this rating system Meltzer's got it's it's something else it doesn't make any sense at all Remember, guys, it's a feeling, you know. Feeling. I'm confused, pal. And how does a ship in Jacksonville get most there from the one from Connecticut? It's all about location, 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 Joe. What's next? Are we going to start raining the planets too? This one's a five star because it's got the viewer two supernovas and a nice ring system. <laughs> you, you may be out of something there, Vince. I give this conversation a solid three stars. It has good flow, but lacks the drama. Things like we're outstanding this now. Act four, scene seven. The commentary team continue their discussion in the broadcasted booth. Wait a minute! I'm still trying to wrap my head around this. 
Why the hell did the big show pop in one line in a tree? Uh, I think it was for a cameo, Vince. A cameo? He had one line. That's not a cameo. That's, that's, I don't even know what that is. It's a spicy meat. Oh, I mean, it's a tease, Vince. Speaking of spicy meat, why did you stop saying that, Ainsley? You just say it all the time. Well, Vince, we have to keep things fresh, don't we? Fresh? Ainsley, spicy meat was your cat trays. You can't just drop it. <laughs> well, maybe I'll bring it back for a special occasion. Special occasion? It's the whole goddamn thing is a special occasion. <laughs> there we go. Tied a bow on that. <laughs> there we go. That's that one done. Oh, that's all neatly wrapped up. Yeah, yeah that was good. Yeah. It's good how everything just comes together sometimes, isn't it? <laughs> Have faith. Pivotal scene next, though. Act four, scene eight. Why did John and two Diet Cokes are back in LA amidst the sounds of a fuel energy? You know, I've been thinking. About what? About Squeaks Against Death. It's just, it just doesn't sit right with me, you know. Oh, for heaven's sake. Look, see, we're just a undertaker in fucking fishnets. <laughs> but still, it's just... Cooks, listen to me. We're not here to develop the emotional attachments to our enemies. We're here to destroy them. Of course, Jump. No, but Cooks, or would you like to share Skank's fate? Because if you keep pushing this sentimental rubbish, I won't hesitate. I understand this, Joe. And I don't think that whole look was fucking creepy anyway. Good riddance. <laughs> <laughs> the rain's killer. <laughs> oh, good stuff. Uh, Whoa. Bit of tension between two dead cokes and one of John there. Oh. Yeah, not after. Oh. Cinema. Skank is done. This is cinema. Oh, <laughs> scene nine. Terry and Bob enter a space cafe. They're really taking the time out of this journey. <laughs> the sounds of an alien radio play softly in the background. They slide into a booth. A melancholic sounds in helping them. The waiter, Larry's a biscuit, comes over with a pot of coffee. Long faces, guys. What can I get you? Just a coffee for now, Larry. Bob nods in agreement. Lost in thought. Larry pours their drinks and sets the pot down. You boys look like you've lost your best friend. Something like that, Larry. Larry senses the gravity at the moment. Listen, life, or oh, whatever this is we're living in the cosmos, strange. We lose friends. We gain enemies. We enjoy hardships. We celebrate victories. It's a vast, swelling mess of emotion and action. And what do we do, Larry? Why is the pain too great? When's the pain too great? When the enemy is too powerful? Larry contemplates for a moment. We keep fighting, Terry. We pick ourselves up. And we keep moving forward, one step at a time. Because if we don't, then the pen wins. The enemy wins. And that's not an option. But how do we fight when we've lost so much already? By remembering what we're fighting for. By remembering those we've lost and honoring their memory for our actions. Terry and Bob share a look. Larry's words hit home. Thank you, Larry. We needed that. Hey, time, boys. Now, how about some pie? The mood lines slightly, and the scene ends as Larry heads back to the counter. <laughs> Who did Larry's Abisco call? <laughs> I don't even like coffee. Yeah, well, you're not going to find out, Russ. Because Larry's now the good guy. <laughs> what what who's, an emotional scene. Who's my pin? Have <laughs> you just called Lambert to be like, they come in, I don't know where. <laughs> Having a good time. <laughs> we don't know. Act 4, scene 10. Terry and Bob, rejuvenated by Larry's wise words, smile faintly as they dive into the comfort of space pie. <laughs> Suddenly, the cafe door slams open, shattering the peaceful atmosphere. Why did John 
storms in, flanked by two Diet Kirks. Found you. Everyone in the cafe freezes. Larry, recognizing the danger, suddenly reaches under the counter. Bob rises, his eyes locked on Wider John. You don't scare us, John. Wider John smirks. Oh, I think I do. Larry suddenly pulls out a futuristic blaster and fires at Wider John, who sidesteps swiftly. The blast hitting a neon sign behind him, pandemonium breaks loose. Two Diet Cokes takes out his gun and points it at Terry, who has risen from his seat. Wider John charges towards Larry, grappling for the blaster. Larry! Why did John rest control the blaster and in one fluid motion shoots Larry? Terry and Bob watch in horror as Larry crumbles to the ground. One down. Turning swiftly, why did John spots Bob lunging at him? He fires a shot that hits Bob square in the chest. Bob stumbles and falls. No. Why did John smirks, sauntering back towards the exit? Cokes, keep the last one for me. Two Dyke Cokes nods, keeping his gun pointed at Terry. Why did John exits, leaving a devastated Terry in the ruins of the cafe? Terry looks down at Bob, eyes filled with loss and fury. Oh my god. Um, so it's not established there, but uh, Larry and Bob are dead. <laughs> that's, that's what happened there. I felt like out of the three deaths, um, Terry was more bothered about Larry's death than his <laughs> yeah. two best mates. Larry, the guy who's had four jobs. <laughs> And I had a, I think Joe got away my head. The turncoat, Larry. He's more bothered about him. <laughs> we didn't know he's turned on him. He's the man who's dead. We'll never find out who he was calling. <laughs> dead, dead anyway. Or will we find out? Act four, scene eleven. Two Diet Cokes, gun trained on Terry, struggles with his conscience. Terry taking advantage of this moment, watches Wider John screaming orders from the doorway. Oh, just kill him now! Terry meets Two Diet Cokes' gaze. Silently pleading for mercy, he sees a flicker of doubt in Coke's eyes. Do you really want to do this, Cokes? Two Diet Cokes hesitates, his hand shaking. Ouch! Seizing the moment, Terry makes a swift move, knocking the gun from Coke's hand. He dives behind the table as the gun goes off, the blast hitting the ceiling. Thanks for the distraction, Cokes. Terry, capitalising on the chaos, bolts towards the back door. Why did John turns just in time to see Terry disappear? No! In his anger, Wider John whirls around and blasts two Diet Kirks, who collapses. His final moments marked by shock and betrayal. Useless! Wider John storms out the cafe, leaving behind a scene of devastation. Oh my god. Kirks is dead. Kirks is dead. (laughs) Everyone's dead. (laughs) They're all dying. Wow. It's the end of the trilogy. Yeah. It's It's the only way to do it. It's all kicking off here, isn't it? You think it's bad? There'll be no fan fiction from this, will there? No, absolutely not, no. <laughs> you imagine two Peter's fan fiction. No, oh, thank you. Gross. <laughs> Gross. A girl from Middlesbrough. No. Uh, act four. We got what there? <laughs> Shout out to the listeners. Up the smogs. Act four, scene 12. The commentary team is gathered. Their faces reflect in the shock of the recent events. Oh, catastrophe, folks. I can't believe what just transpired at the cafe. Why are John just trolling off the deep end? It's a mask of ins, Cokes, Larry, and Bob. We just lost Bob Rude. I never thought we'd see the day when two die Cokes would hesitate to pull the trigger. He had his chance, and he lost it. But that hesitation, it cost him everything. But Terry, Terry got away. He's the last man standing. Not for how long, Vince. Why, right, Johnny's not going to stop. He's out for blood. And Terry's the one he wants. Well, we've seen Terry face down the odds before. Who's one tough son of a gun? If anyone can take on Wider John, it's Terry. 
without Bob, without Spooky, can you really do it alone? We're about to find out, Ainsley. We're about to find out. Guys, guys. <laughs> Max Scene 13. Why suddenly enters the commentary team studio? He's all irradiating deadly intent. The commentary team members look shocked as they realize who just stormed in. Hello, commentators. Time for some live commentary in your own demise, isn't it? Ainsley, being closest to the entrance, is the first to react. Oh, blooming egg. You're not supposed to be here. This is a protected area, you overserviced brute. Protected by whom? You don't make me laugh. Why did John swiftly strike Ainsley, send him flying across the room? Ainsley! Sorry. Kim attempts to charge at Why did John, but he merely swats him aside. Next up, Joe. Any last words? Yeah, why did I have something to say? Why did John leans into hear Joe's words? Your head is so wide. I bet when you think, your thoughts take the scenic route. <laughs> The room got silent for a moment before Why Did John Bess at laughing. <laughs> that was a good one, Joe. You earned a quick death. Why Did John kills Joe? Then <laughs> turns to Vince. Well, this is one hell of a plot twist. Even I didn't see this coming. Oh, isn't it? Your pre- precious commentary over, just like your life. <laughs> Why Did John end Vince's life? Well, stands him into the carriage, <laughs> laughing. <laughs> oh, my God. Well, so, oh my hell. God, what is going to happen? Everyone's dead. What is going to happen? <laughs> oh. Bloody hell. Hard to take. This well. is ridiculous. <laughs> it's getting emotional now, right? <laughs> you, you're tearing up a bit, as I can sense it. I, can, I feel it. Oh, this is so bad. I did like Joe Biden's line, though. Yeah, it's good, right? It's final. It's final joke, sorry. Yeah, it's killed. Act 4, scene 14. The scene opens on a solitary Terry, a sea of stars visible through the window of his spaceship. He leans heavily on the control panel, gazing out into the vast void. This journey, it's been a wild one, hasn't it? Started out as a simple fight for freedom from hell, a motley crew thrown together against our will. He chuckles, shaking his head. Spooky skank, Bob and me. What an odd trio, alright? Never never quite fitting in anywhere, not even in hell. But we kind of found family in each other. He clenches his fist. Then why did John, the ultimate villain, a false of nature, we were doomed to, to fight, and he took them, took Skank and Bob from me. His voice breaks. Two souls lost in this madness. How many more have to fall? He sighs deeply, and you found determination in his eyes. But this isn't the end. It's far from over. I have to still have fight in me. They gave their lives so I could keep on going, but I won't let them down. He looks at a photo of Vince and the commentary team. But I can't do this alone. Vince, Joe, Kim, Ainsley. They've got they've been there every step of the way, providing wisdom and advice and laughter. Now more than ever, I need their help. He sets a call for the commentary team's location. Vince, I'm coming for you. We've got a world to serve. Oh no. Oh no. <laughs> wow. Powerful. Oh, no. Powerful. Terry still stuff. thinks that the commentary team's alive. Oh no, he didn't know. Oh, no. Doesn't know, does he? Oh my god. Man. Right, man. Act right, scene 15. The scene opens on a wise John alone in his lair. The room is dimly lit, the atmosphere heavy and menacing. He's seated on a massive throne, fingers tapping rhythmically against the armrest. Annoying naps, buzzing and bumbling, always underfoot. The audacity of the resilience astounds me. He laughs bitterly. Terry, Terry, Terry. 
the proverbial thorn in my side. That lowly creature has been a constant irritant meddling in my affairs. He rises, pacing around his throne. He thinks he can defy me. He thinks he can stop me. He's so blinded by his self-righteous indignation, he's forgotten who he's dealing with. He stops, leaning heavily on his throne. I am Whitehead John, the all-powerful, the inevitable. I have wiped out multitudes, crushed entire worlds. He clenches his fists. But perhaps it's time to show him, to show them all, what I'm really capable of. Perhaps it's time I send, become my true, ultimate form. He laughs, a deep, terrifying sound that echoes through the chamber. Yes, the time has come for long wider John Silver to emerge, and then we'll see who the real pissant is. <laughs> oh my god. What a callback. <laughs> what a throwback. Yeah, setting ourselves up for an Oliver showdown here. Oliver showdown. <laughs> Act 4, scene 16. The scene opens on a desolate commentary booth. Terry stumbles in, the shock on his face palpable as he surveys the carnage. No, no, this can't be. He rushes to Vince's lifeless body, falling to his knees beside him. He picks up a set of Vince's headphones, echoing with the faint whispers of the commentary team. Red's lover, yes. Oh, could I have not known? Next, he moves to Ainsley, cradling a broken whisk in hand. <laughs> Terry picks it up. The echo of Ainsley's voice reverberates through his mind. Ah, that's spicy meat. Tears streaming down his face. Terry moves to Kim and Joe, the bodies lying close together. It's just a bit of glitter, Vince. Again, it's a slancy word for bread sausage. With a scream of anguish, Terry drops the whisk and headphones, his hands clenched into fists. Why, why, John, this was too far. He falls to his knees amidst the fallen friends. He sobs, echoing through the silent roof. I will avenge you. I swear it. The scene, right, I've watched Bush Bush Day on because I've just done that accent. Act 4, scene 17. <laughs> the scene opens with Terry sitting in the eerie silence of the commentary booth. His eyes are red and his shoulders heavy. He wipes his eyes and looks down to his pocket, noticing a bulge that wasn't there before. What's this? Point out a crumple there. He unfails it to reveal hastily scribbled space coordinates and a phrase written in familiar handwriting X274Y3. 28Z1242. We're in endgame now, TDC. The initial spark of memory in Terry's mind, causing him to gasp. Two Diet Cooks? He was helping me all along. Standing up, Terry clutches the note tightly in his hand. All right, John, this ends now. He storms out of the booth, determination bearing his eyes. The final shot lingers on the carnage left behind the commentary booth before cutting to black. Oh my god, what a wow. twist. What a twist. This is end. this is something else. This is cinema. This is incredible. Work. Are you ready for the final act six is just the epilogue, right? It's, it's not this is the final. This is the main. This, this is the real this is the business. This is the real quiz. <laughs> Two night cooks are on Terry's side this entire time. Bloody hell. Oh, wow. Everyone's dead. No one saw that coming. There's only two characters left. What the rest is gonna do. <laughs> I've got Find a busy, busy couple of acts coming up. Definitely not like Marvel. The scene opens on an eerily quiet planet. The stars twinkle above in the vastness of the dark sky. The barren landscape stretches far into the distance, a desolate, deserted place. Terry steps off his ship, his eyes searching into the desolate expanse before him. He looks exhausted, his face etched with sorrow and determination. I'm here, just as the note said, 
just as you wanted, Cooks. He walks forward, his boots crunched on the rocky ground. He pulls the note from his pocket, glances at the coordinates scrolled in it, then scans the horizon, but there's no sign of Whitehead John. Whitehead John, I'm here. Show yourself. But there's no answer. The only sound is the wind whistling through the silent expanse, carrying away his words. Terry waits, his heart pounding in his chest, his fingers clenching and unclenching around the note in his hand. I guess it's not going to be that easy. He crumbles the note in his fist, determination hardening in his eyes, and starts to venture deep into the desolate landscape. The eerie silence stretches on, a stark reminder of the long, lonely path ahead. Here we go. Cinema, here we go. Here we fucking go, guys. Here we go. Act 5, scene 2. The scene continues on a barren planet. Terry's been walking for what seems like hours. His figure is but a small speck on the vast emptiness. Suddenly, the silence is broken by a deafening roar. Terry stops in his tracks, turned in circles, his eyes darting around the desolate landscape. What the hell was that? Suddenly, the ground begins to shake, and a giant figure rises in front of him, casts a long, foreboding shadow. It's wider, John. But he's transformed, bigger and more terrifying than ever before. Welcome, Terry. I've been expecting you. Terry looks up, his eyes wide with surprise and fear, but he quickly regains his composure and stands tall, ready to face the monster. John, this ends here. Why did John laughs, the sound echoing across the barren planet? He raises a hand, and Terry is sent flying back by an invisible source. A source? <laughs> Force. Invisible Do you source. really think you can defeat me, Terry? I'm the most powerful being in the universe. Terry struggles to stand, wincing in pain. He looks up at Why did John, determination bending his eyes. We'll see about that, John. Ruin the emotion with the sauce there, didn't I? <laughs> yeah, it was like a well Took us right out of it. Then, ke- then Ketchup <laughs> came into play. <laughs> We're back, back. Act five. Scene three. At least your voice is getting a rest now, isn't it? That's true. <laughs> yeah. The confrontation between Terry and Wider John rages on. Terry is still struggling to regain his footing, but stands his ground. Wider John towers over him, amused by Terry's defiance. John. You really know how to pick your fight locations. I mean, a barren wasteland in deep space? A bit melodramatic, don't you think? Why did John pause? It's a puzzled look on his face. Deep space? Terry, you buffoon. We're in Middlesbrough. <laughs> Terry, please looking around. The desolate surroundings with a new surprise. Middlesbrough, are you serious? Why did John nods, gesturing around? We've lost our listener. <laughs> <laughs> Look around, Terry. This is the heart of North East England. The barren wasteland is just a, well, unfortunate coincidence. Terry scratches his head, looking around sceptically. Well, if you say so. Still feels a lot like deep space to me. Why did John laugh? The sound echoing ominously through the desolate landscape. Perhaps, but regardless of where we are, Terry, this will be your final resting place. Terry stiffens, his determined gaze fixed on why did John. We'll see about that, John. <laughs> Unnecessary Did? shit at Middlesbrough. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> did you do that? Was that chat DPT? Yeah, I did that. Welcome. <laughs> <laughs> right, okay, bastards. I've seen that. Terry squares off against Wider John, his jaw set in grim determination. He lunges, delivering a powerful punch that seems to hang in the air for an eternity before it connects. Wider John simply laughs, taking the hit with ease. Is that all you've got, Terry? Why did John retaliate, sweeping Terry off his feet and into the air with a single powerful swipe of his arm? 
Terry crashes onto the desolate ground, the impact reverberating through his body. I'm not done yet. Wider John looms over Terry, the anticipation of his victory clear in his wide, manic grin. Oh, I think you are, Terry. I think you very much are. As the scene closes, Terry lies beaten and battered on the ground. Wider John's menacing figure cast a long, ominous shadow over him. Oof. Here we go. Here we go. Wow. Here we go. Definitely an original concept in this scene. <laughs> Act five. Scene L- five. LFG. On a desolate on a desolate wasteland, Terry sprawled out on the ground, his body aching with pain. Wider John towers over him, a triumphant smile spread across his wide fist. It's over, Terry. You can't possibly. Just then, a faint crackling sound echoes through the barren sounds. Terry squints. Straining his ears, the voice is faint, barely above a whisper, but unmistakably familiar. And you left her. Terry's eyes widen in surprise. He slowly turns his head, his eyes searching the desolate landscape. The scene ends on his look of shock and hope. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean? I just see what's going there. What do you mean? It's good stuff. <laughs> Act five, scene six. The desolate wasteland suddenly comes alive with a series of poles of opening. Starting with one on Terry's left, out steps two dyke cokes, unharmed and determined. We're going to leave you alone here, Terry. A gasp escapes Terry's lips as a second pole appears, and out steps Silla Black, her eyes full of resolve. Surprise, surprise, Terry. The next portal opens, and all five members of the Backstreet Boys step forward. Their faces stern and ready for battle. Backstreet's back, all right. <laughs> the next appears Larry Zabisco, tools in hand and a fire in his eyes. Guess this old mechanic still has some fight left in him. Vince then steps through, looking quite out of place, but ready to face the danger. I might not understand my gifts, but I sure as hell understand this. Ainsley follows, holding a spatula in one hand and a frying pan in the other. Icy meat, John. Your time is up. Kim steps forward, clutching a microphone. Well, John, this is one commentary you won't like. Joe steps out, his eyes squinting at wider John. Never been one for pulling threads, but I'd say it's about time we unraveled you, John. Another portal opens, and Anthony Wall Thompson steps forward, holding a wheel of cheese and a bottle of wine. Ready for your last meal, John. Wider John's eyes widen in disbelief as he takes in the sight of the fallen allies. Now standing strong, Terry stands up, renewed energy surging for him. We're in endgame now, John. Oh my god, what a visual idea. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> the drama. <laughs> the drama. Outstanding. Five. Scene seven. The polls continue to open, and next year I've had a free ghost from a Christmas carol. They drift eerily towards Terry. We've seen your past, Henry. It's time for you to shape your future. You're not alone in this moment, Siri. Make sure there's a future left after this, Terry. <laughs> Two Tycoaks glances around at the gathered ensemble. Is everyone here? One of the ghosts. The ghost of Christmas past chuckles. But you wanted more. Just as he finishes speaking, another portal opens and out steps Bob Rude. His face is determined. Never underestimate the good old tag team, Cokes. Another portal opens, and there, to everyone's shock, is a spooky skank. 
Back from the dead, Terry's his breath. Pitches in his throat as tears fill his eyes. Samari, Terry, you've seen a ghost. The scene ends with Terry and his allies standing strong. Red is first wider, John. <laughs> My God. This Bloody is emotional hell. now. What, what a scene. It's not for yet. <laughs> I hope you're following the actual... You could put this to music with the actual scene, if there wasn't an actual scene, because this is the original. But it goes... Oh. <laughs> Act 5, scene 8. Terry, teary-eyed, faces his friends who return from beyond. But before he can say a word, the ground begins to shake and a larger pole happens up. The crowd parts to be lambiotic, flanked by a motley crew of British celebrities. Terry, it's time for your final act. Are you ready? Cheese and wine in the house if we survive this. And remember, Terry, never submit. Never tap out. <laughs> All right, you've got your back, Terry. That was Esther Hansen. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, make sure why you jump pays the right price. <laughs> Dave Dickinson, right? Little Dickinson. <laughs> this is what I love the show. Powerful <laughs> Foreman, Steve Davis, and other celebrities all voice this apart. Terry takes a moment to look around at everyone rallying for him and makes a surprise and determination on his face. Let's do this for Skank, for Bob, for everyone. The scene ends on a high note of camaraderie and resolve. My God. And I realised Jimmy Carr was more Basil Brush. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> the laugh boom, was good. Got <laughs> it straight away. <laughs> boom, boom. Right, here we go with this next one. <laughs> Act 5, scene 9. Why did John, watching the show sold out for Terry, grins wickedly? You would think you got friends, Terry. I can show you something better. With a thunderous clap, the ground opens up and hundreds of wider Johns from all the universes begin to appear. Each one looks different from the next, showcasing a range of bizarre and menacing looks. I'm Roundhead John. Did someone say there's a party? I'm Longhead John. We've been waiting for a good fight. I'm Longhead John. That's him. And there's a Terry that needs some knocking around. Yeah, I'm even wider head, John. Let's so so in what Johns are made of. All the wider Johns laugh menacingly, their collective voices echoing off the barren wasteland. This is gonna be fun, Terry. Oh god, we've got a battle. Wow. <laughs> I enjoyed all the Johns <laughs> turning up. Uh, <laughs> you've just worked, Terry Pierce. <laughs> Act five, scene ten. The vast crowd of friends and fellows face each other, their eyes fixed on their rivals. There's a moment of silence before the bickering begins. I heard in my universe, Terry, you're just a janitor. Well, in this one, you're about to be mopped up. Two dead coke laughs. Oh, you rounded. You never, you seen a good cheese board. At least. That's the same voice again. <laughs> At least I know what I'm against. All right, everyone. This is Peter's posse. Assemble. As the word echoes, the United team charges towards the mob of wider Johns. An epic battle ensues, lasers and punches fill in the air. Each side determined to win. Wow. Wow. This is it. This is the end game. Act 5, scene 11. The battle rages on. Lasers and fists flying every which way. Everyone is putting up a fight. 
I never liked you, Terry. Not even in my universe. Fusion's mutual long body. Terry looks a sw- <laughs> Terry looks a punch. Kind of a swift uppercut. Sending long body stumbling back. You can't even fight properly, Terry. <laughs> well, maybe you should give me some pointers, huge head. He says as he evades an attack, spinning around to deliver a kick. Terry, face it, you're outnumbered. The math isn't on your side either, Widehead. He takes aim and fires a laser at Widehead John, who narrowly avoids it. The battlefield is chaotic, but amidst the fighting, the humour and camaraderie of Terry's side is evident. They exchange jokes, insults and encouragement, keeping their spirits high, even in the heat of the battle. Uh, God. What is he, <laughs> Act 5, scene 12. The tide of the battle starts to turn in favour of the wider Johns. Terry Skank and Bob huddled amongst the chaos. Look! He points towards his glowing chest on the ground. Conan's treasure. That's what we we were looking for all this time. It was right there. All the more reason to make sure wider John doesn't get it. Agreed, but how do we get to it? There's a sea of wideheads between us and the chest. We're going to have to make a run for it. Skank, you and Coates keep the John boy, John's busy. Bob, you're with me. We're going for the treasure. I got your back, Terry. Let's do this. Terry and Bob prepare themselves for a daring run towards the chest, the potential turning point of the battle. <laughs> what could happen here? What <laughs> could happen here? Act 5, team 13. Can I just say, I have not seen Endgame, so I genuinely don't know what's going to happen. <laughs> have, you, have you not seen Endgame? Have everyone's seen it? Yeah. I should watch okay. it. Is, it. is it hooking you in? If this yeah, was it <laughs> we don't know if it is, obviously. I'm only watching the right way around, so when he watches Endgame now, it's like, oh, yeah. what a rip-off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen this before. Yeah. Space suplex. Tell you another original. Yeah. <laughs> Act 5, scene 13. The battle rages on with minor British celebrities and ghosts fighting an armory of wider Johns. Vince, Joe, Kim and Ainsley are seen together, fighting back-to-back. Let's well, guess I didn't expect my day to turn out like this. Really? You shocked by this? If you you see the rest of the play? I'm just glad I wore my fat heels today. My darling, there's no time like the present to spice up your life. The poor continue fighting the wider Johns, occasionally throwing out humorous remarks. The audience can hear laughter above the din of the battle. Strangely, I've had think of putting together a cookbook for battle recipes. Oh, you bet. Ainsley Harriet's Combat Kitchen, spice up your fight. What do you think? Just make sure it has a chapter on how to properly cook a wine at John. Yeah, I'm sure they'll go down nice and chanty and some fava beans. They all laugh and continue to fight, creating a white-haired moment in the middle of the chaotic scene. I think it's fair to say that at this point, the AI has forgot who Jim Jogger is. Yeah. <laughs> it's just a of random woman called Kim. <laughs> Into the commentary team. <laughs> Even better. <laughs> As we continue. Act 5, scene 14. The scene starts with Terry and two Dyke Cokes off to the side of the battle, close to Conan's treasure. Terry, this treasure is the key to stopping wide at you, but it comes with a price. Price? What kind of price are we talking about here? If you use it, everyone will forget about your heroics. You'll go back to being a nobody. A nobody, huh? That's one way to reboot the franchise. Oh, what? what, what? Reboot the what? So you pats two Diet Cokes on the shoulder. Smile a little. Never mind, mate. Just a lot to think about being forgotten. The scene ends with Terry staring at the treasure, his expression filled with hesitance. 
the conflict. <laughs> if you ruin it, now we're going to have sequels. <laughs> You've got your answer, <laughs> haven't you? <laughs> Act 5, scene 15. The scene starts in the middle of the battlefield where Hamchurman and Big Show <laughs> are locked in combat with several wider John variants. I've had handled beef beans before, brother. The rest of the Peters posse are in their own scuffles. Everyone's shown some strain, but still fighting on. Everything come back from the dead. Very chuckle, you know. Jesus, why am I up here? I'm afraid. Let's hope my play skills transfer to combat. Off to the side, the Backstreet Boys in a harmonized war cry. Take down a couple of wider variants. Quit playing games with our hearts. I don't know the tune. <laughs> <laughs> the scene ends with a rallying crowd. Dave Meltzer. Seven stars, walk. Seven stars, keep fighting. <laughs> I don't know why I decided to put <laughs> Dave Meltzer. There we, there we go. Act five, scene 16. This is emotional. Terry grapples with a wide head variant, managing to throw him off and snatch the treasure chest. He hesitates, his mind in turmoil. Suddenly the ghosts of Christmas past, present and future float up to him. Remember, Terry, you were once nothing, but he didn't stop you from becoming something. You look around you, Terry. Look at the lovely camaraderie that surrounds you. Well, this because of your actions and your choices. Well, don't forget, Terry, because you have just affected its course. What matters is not the memory, but the impact. Terry, now in deep thought, nods and is about to open the chest, when suddenly, why did John swipe it from his hands, a triumphant look on his face? Thanks for the treasure, Terry. Time to end this. <laughs> oh, my God. Can you see where this is going? <laughs> Isn't <it> exciting? <laughs> Act 5, scene 17. Why did John raises the treasure chest above his head? A triumphant smirk on his face. He starts to speak. You know, Terry, when I first started this journey, I was just a head. Wide head, to be exact. I had dreams, ambitions, plans. But look at me now, standing here, holding the ultimate treasure. Isn't it wonderful, Terry? I took from you your friends, everything, and yet you are here. Nothing but a mere man against the universe. I killed your friends, I destroyed worlds, I brought upon chaos. And why? Because it was inve- inevitable. But just like this moment, Terry, just like this moment when I finally win, I have the power, I have the treasure, I have become the most powerful being in the universe. It was always going to be this way, because, Terry, I am inevitable. I am for grin on why did John's face freezes when Terry who is now donning the golden moustache, steps <laughs> forward with a determined look. And I, I am Terry fucking Peters. <laughs> with a swift move, Terry snaps his fingers. A blinded light fills the scene as it ends. Wow, this is something else. <laughs> <laughs> that was the best delivered line I've ever heard. <laughs> I know, that was the best monologue of all time. What do you mean, Terry's? I was, I was encapsulated about it. I, was, I read this before. Great stuff. For you, you've got no idea what's going on here, have you? I don't have a clue. I have seen 18. With the snap of Terry's fingers, a ripple moves through the battlefield. Why did John's triumphant grin falters? He looks at his variants, confusion mounting as they start to flicker in and out of existence. What? What have you done, Terry? Terry, breathing heavily, smiles. Just even in the odds, 
roar of battle cries from the Peter's posse cuts through the air as they press forward with renewed vigour. The tide of the battle begins to turn, the wider variants disappearing one by one. They fight, but the struggle is futile. Look, they're disappearing. There is plan works. The battlefield is now alive, and the sound of victory is one by one. The wide-ed variants fade into nothingness. Terry turns to see Bob, Bob Rude and Spooky Stank still standing, still fighting. Their faces are a mixture of surprise and relief. Well, I'll be damned. He actually did it. Boy done good. The battlefield is growing silent as the last of the wide-ed variants vanishes. Terry looks to wider John, a satisfying smile on his face. Looks like it's just you and me now, John. Wider John, left alone, looks around aghast. The scene ends as Terry steps forward, ready for the final confrontation. He's doing the next scene. (laughs) (laughs) High five, scene 19. Terry approaches wider John. A determined look on his face, wider John, defeated and alone, waits for the end. Suddenly a figure bursts on the shadows. It's Stone Cold Steve Austin. He charges at Terry brandishing a knife. Surprise, you son of a bitch. With lightning speed, he stabs Terry in the face. <laughs> Terry stumbles back. A look of, a look of shock in his face as he collapses to the ground. Terry! From the sidelines, Vincent Mann surges forward, his face a mask of rage. He tackles Austin to the ground. You've done enough, Austin. They grapple, fist flying, but Vince is driven by a fury that Austin can't match. Vince delivers a final bone country punch, and Austin goes still. As the dust settles, all eyes turn to Terry, lying motionless on the ground. Vince looks at his fallen friend, grief etched onto his face. Terry, no. So I've ended the feud there, because... Uh, Vince has killed Stone Cold Steve Austin. That's what ends up feeling. That's it. That's the end of it. But Act 5, Scene 20. Why did John, having recovered from his shock, grins widely, ready to seize his victory? Suddenly, he's sit on either side of the head with two Diet Coke bottles. The impact takes off the side of his head, giving him a normal head. What the? He falls to the ground, groaning in pain. The crowd turns to see two Diet Cokes holding two more Diet Coke balls. A grim look of satisfaction on his face. Two Diet Cokes on the house. He, to- he tosses the ball aside and steps forward, looking at the newly normal-headed John on the ground. That's for Terry. The onlookers cheer, but the victory is bittersweet. Terry lies unmoving. The war isn't over yet. Wow. That's how it ends for wider John. Normal-headed. This is great. Nearly there. <laughs> Nearly there. Stick with us. Act 5, scene 21. The crowd watched in shock as Terry stares, pulling out the knife that had been lodged in his face. It is the golden moustache that's top of the blade. Bloody hell. This moustache is really good for something. He throws the knife aside and struggles to his feet, looking at normal-headed John, who's lying on the ground, twitching. This is for everyone you've ever hurt, Whitehead. With a determined look, he twitches his golden moustache. <laughs> Why did John start to scream in pure anguish? His form begins to disintegrate, starting from his now normal head, until there's nothing left but a pile of ashes. That's for messing with Terry fucking Peters. The crowd erupts into cheers. The battle is finally over. Terry stands in the midst of it all, looking down at where wider John once was. Oh. My. God. Bloody hell. The scene's nearly over. Act 5, scene 22. 
The celebration continues. The Peters Posse hug each other, laugh, cry, and share their victory. Bob, Skank, and a few of his tick turns to express their thoughts. Well, that was a right Royal Rumble, wasn't it? Wayne Rumble, Bob. Never thought I'd see the day when we've been wide at John. Well, that's one spicy meatball we won't be seeing again. Terry, you didn't. Terry smiles and nods, but as he turns around, Vince interrupts. Hold on a minute. Who the fucking hell is that bald car? Terry's smile falters. The realisation hits him like a ton of bricks. No one remembers who he is. No one remembers his heroics. The world's indeed forgotten Terry Peters, the hero. He takes a deep breath, holds his head high, and starts to walk away. I am Terry fucking Peters, and that's all you need to know. He walks off into the unknown, leaving behind the people he once knew and the world he once saved. End of scene. Terry Peters is a badass. <laughs> Been telling you that for years. All right, it's a badass lad to leave that. Well, that's the end of the movie. So I guess these bits you'd, you'd think of as a, it's just a bit of an epilogue now, you know, after the battle in Endgame and the old... Right, yeah. You've seen it, right, Ross? You know, Post credits? Yeah, sort of, throughout the credits. The epi- mm. short, a short epilogue. Act well, six. Scene that, was, that was incredible. You watched one? Are you watching? <laughs> I am, are you, yeah. Are you, are you See you, <laughs> Ending on a nice way for Terry there as well. Well, sort of, yeah, great stuff. Everyone's forgotten him, but his life, <laughs> which you didn't see coming. <laughs> <laughs> the epilogue, well, scene one. The scene opens with the commentary booth set against a, de- a backdrop of what looks like a large wrestling ring, now deserted. The air is quiet, an eerie contrast to the boisterous energy that usually filled the area. Vince, Joe, Kim and Ainsley sit, reminiscing of the past and wondering about the future. Well, that's the end of my life, on there. I never thought I'd see today. I suppose it had to end at some point. Everything does. The show might be over, but life goes on and so will we. I think we might start out my own show. I've been thinking of opening a spicy meat restaurant, Harriet's Hotspots. What do you think? I've been in the wrestling business at all. Maybe to try to try to try something new. And have you ever tried acting? Uh, I might go back to politics. It seems like the world could use some good old-fashioned diplomacy. And I'll be going back to North Korea. There's a lot of work to be done there. The four of them continue to discuss their future plans, each with their own hopes and dreams, marking the end of an era. And the beginning of a new one. Oh. <laughs> That's the first epilogue done. Ah, <laughs> oh, right, I forgot to put a, a title on this one, but you can see it. Act 6, scene 2. <laughs> the scene opens with Steve Austin sitting in a defendant's booth, looking perplexed. Judge Larry Zabisco presides over the court. The court is in a state of confusion. Hold on! Can anyone this court please remind me who the victim is in this case? There's a moment of silence as everyone looks at each other, scratching their heads. Uh, anyone? I'll steal the court report, you might as well. <laughs> I'm afraid, Your Honor, huh. we don't have any missing information about the victim. All documents mentioned is a charge of attempted murder against Mr. Austin. Murdering the victim, why am I here? It doesn't make a lack of sense. I, I don't know. It seems like the victim's identity has been forgotten. The entire courtroom is silent. The absurdity of the situation sinks in. Steve Austin just shrugs. While Judge Zabisco looks confused, trying to figure out what to do next. <laughs> a nice little scene there. <laughs> so that's the scene. Act six, scene three. The lodge. <laughs> the scene opens in the lodge, filled with minus British daytime TV celebrities. They're all laughing and enjoying themselves. Oh, the company here is just splendid, isn't it? 
Yeah, they were far to find such joy in the midst of such strangeness. And the cooking here is, well, let's just say different. Hey, it's certainly unique. It almost feels like a dream, doesn't it? <laughs> Not Dave Rolson. This is Just then, <laughs> Lembit Opic takes the stage, microphone in hand. Ladies and gentlemen, may I have your attention, please? We have some new faces joining us in our humble abode. Everyone falls silent and turns to Lembit. He steps aside, revealing the Backstreet Boys. Please give a warm welcome to the Backstreet Boys. Everyone erupts in applause. Some even stand up and cheer as the famous boy band enters the room. Looking a little out of place, but genuinely unhappy. Genuinely happy. <laughs> Everyone's getting a lovely happy ending now, aren't they? Yeah, it's good stuff. Not more so than this scene. <laughs> scene four. The scene opens in a cosy house. Bob, rude and spooky, skank lounging on a comfortable looking sofa, enjoying a quiet evening. You ever get the feeling there used to be more of us? Yeah, I've been thinking that too. Like there should be three of us or something. Yeah, but who could it have been? They both stay silent for a moment, contemplating. The fireplace crackles in the background. You know what? Maybe there should be three of us. What? <laughs> I mean, what let's do you start mean? A, <laughs> I mean, let's start a family. We have so much love to give. You know, that's not a bad idea. Let's do it. Well, <laughs> they both smile at each other. A new, exciting future ahead of them. You alright? Who's doing the next one? Uh, you. Right, it okay. makes you make sense if you read the uh... <laughs> Act Six, Scene Five, the final scene. <laughs> okay. The scene is set in a dimly lit space bar. Terry Peters, looking weary and lonely, steps in and sits on a bar stool behind the bar. The bartender. Is busy cleaning glasses. You know, I used to be somebody. I travelled through the galaxies, fought fierce battles, and even saved the, saved the universe twice. Oh, yeah? Yeah, but nobody remembers it now. Not a soul. There's a moment of silence between them. Terry Peters looks deeply to his empty glass. Give me a gluten-free hairball <laughs> IPA. Sorry, mate. The best I can do is... To Diet Cokes. Terry Peters looks up, surprised. As the bartender turns around, it's revealed that he is two Diet Cokes. He winks at Terry. Look down, you'll see. Terry. The stage goes black. <laughs> the end. Oh, oh my lord. Wow. <laughs> that was cinema. cinema. That was outrageous. Huh? That really was, wasn't it? What an end. What an end. A fitting end. Mm-hmm. Uh, more... We can go off in many... Um, Different spin-offs now. Um, I'll tell you what I'm not interested in seeing. Um, Spooky Gang and Bob Rude have a problem. <laughs> that was one of the... I, I asked ChatGPT for some uh, um, like sequel ideas or some spin-offs, and that was one that came up. <laughs> well, like a zitcom. A family, a family the zitcom. <laughs> they also came up with Two Diet Cokes on the Rock, which is a prequel. <laughs> Explain the life of Two Diet Cokes. Wow, there. Um, Come on. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. Let's do that <laughs> immediately. Um, well, it just it could spin off into a different universe now. Let's get it. Um, what else did it come up with? Um, the Commentator Chronicles, which focuses on the lives of the four commentators. Steve Austin called Justice, an action packed crime drama <laughs> featuring Steve Austin <laughs> attempting to clear his name. <laughs> so. <Yeah. laughs> 
Oh my god. Um Illusionel's legacy, the quest for Kyan's treasure. Oh yeah, Skank and Mood, Cosmic Parenthood. <laughs> so uh let us know, guys, if you're interested yeah. in any of them. That'll be the spin. Paul out Lou, whatever gets the most votes yeah. is what we do. Yeah. I well, I thought Skank and Mood, but the more I think about it, uh Stone Cold Justice kind of has a ring to that. was glorious. Do you know what? I'm, I'm, uh, I get, not only getting bothered for not wrapping these up quickly, but I don't think there's anything else to say. No. Uh, that was no. our summer special. Um, Terry Peters, uh, thanks for joining us. Thank you. Uh, Aaron, thanks for joining us. Thank you. Uh, Lou, thanks for joining us. Thank you. Uh, Bob Rue, thanks for joining us. Glorious! Thank you, everybody, for listening. And join us next week for another episode of Wrestling Around. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.